What's your what's your who's your what's your family do? Uh my my family? Yeah. What do they do? Yeah. They do many, many things. I have uh I have five sisters. Okay. Five sisters. One brother. My brother uh he does IT. He works for uh Cambridge College over here in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. And um my sisters um This is the warm up by the way. We're not in the podcast yet. No, no, no it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. one of my sisters she works for Apple. Um, she does uh, like a ho- at home like a diagnostic kind of a thing. Mm. No idea what she does. Okay. All I know is that she can give me access to twenty five percent off. I'm down uh, with that. You know, of Apple anything. Products. So when we need Apple products, we're yeah. coming to you. Yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I haven't I haven't even heard her up yet because I use Samsung. So. Did you know Apple um, received a loan or not a loan um, a grant from DARPA to develop the iPhone? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you can get. That just seems kind of creepy, though, bro. No, that's what you want to do. Do you want DARPA? What's DARPA? Google, Google something is, yeah, military. It's something. DARPA. It's a. It's a yeah. Google it's like, started by a grant with DARPA. It's like what was that? But startup? Like, is that is that good though? I don't know if that's good. Well, they're also designed for commercialization. So, if you want to commercialize your research and it costs a lot of money, yeah. you normally get a big government grant. Okay, a government grant, but not like DARPA, though. I mean, um, most the DOD has the most money. I just find it troubling, Shaman. I feel, I feel. Um, I would never use that app. I don't want them knowing anything about me. But like, iPhones listening to you. The mic, the mic, the mic is always going. Hey Siri. Oh, no, it's not. Alexa. Mine is broken though. Mine, mine. I have a six plus. Alexa's creepy. Alexa, it's time, it's time for it to get upgraded. Um, I don't like, do. I'm not worried about it. So. Oh, uh, Alexa, your intro. Uh, you want stuff from your LinkedIn, or what do you want? I have no idea what's on my LinkedIn actually. Oh man, that's not very professional, bro. Yeah, fair enough, professional. But I, uh, on my Facebook, on my Facebook, I have listed everything. And of course, my computer is now just spinning and spinning. There don't we worry, go. I can just log in. Do you? Um, are you getting internet from your phone? How come you got off of Instagram, bro? Uh, it was a uh, waste of time. <laughs> oh, the internet is down. If you're not using it for business, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally same thing for Instagram. I only use yeah. it for business. It was. Uh, you ever get like like hoes sending you DMs? It was. It was like, a hey, waste of time. Yo, I want to talk to you. My my is literally trying to get your money. It's just a, big, a circle with an ass in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's all these like, what bots. Oh yeah, let's have a conversation about it's something. A lot of, it's like, a lot of bots. This, a lot of bots and a lot of... Like, who actually is like, oh, man, yeah, I want to talk to this chick. Oh. Yeah. She, she really cares me about... She out of the blue. I'm, she cares about me because I'm handsome. No. She yeah. thinks you're an idiot and you're going to give up the money. Going to need your best behavior. Shade dubs. All right? None of that, none of that tomfoolery. You know what I'm Shimon Ward in the biz. Hey everybody, how you doing? How's it going, bro? All right. Actually, it's going great. I got the I got the Armani. You got the clan here, bro. Got the clan. Uh, Shay Dubs is back in the building, bro. How's it going, man? It's good to be back. Look at this rock star over here. He looks like a gangster rock star. 
Look at this guy. <laughs> I got to hear. Where's, did you bring your guitar with you? No, I did not bring You didn't bring guitar. any of your musical instruments? I'm going to have my mom ship it up here. You need to send that up here immediately. Uh, what's your? Do you still have it up on your Instagram? Uh, the video? That video of you jamming out? Yeah, it's just us playing a breakdown. Okay. Were you jamming? Yeah. Okay, so yes. Just <laughs> answers <laughs> yes. Uh, what is your Instagram so that people can see your uh, incredible music? It's Shimon, S-H-I-M-O-N, period, W-T-F. Um, that sounds inappropriate. Uh, yeah, thank you, dubs, son. But okay, um, and we have. Um, she's been on. I can't remember what podcast that was. Uh, it was early in the. Uh, it was our first call-in. It podcast was our first call-in podcast before like we had the right technology. Nine or ten or eleven. One of those early yeah, ones. That's, a, that's uh, interesting. I don't remember the title. I don't remember it either. I don't I have no idea what t- what the title was. But Amari is here. This is Shaman's oldest daughter. Oldest. I'm yes, the daughter. oldest. Isn't there? A, I thought there's an older son. Uh, oh, is that? Yeah, Terry. Oh, okay. Stepson. She's the oldest of the bloodline. Got it. Okay, oldest of the bloodline. How's it going? I'm just gonna take the title of oldest. Sure. Okay. How's it going? How's things? I'm good. What are you doing to, uh, in Boston today? Today? Yeah. Visiting. What'd you do? Oh, uh, what I do? Yeah. I went to the science museum. Aren't you a little too old for that, though? You look you look deceptively young, but you're not. I can look twelve, so technically no. Okay, okay. Did you get the the child discount though? Did I? I should have. I hope so. All right. I mean, she can just lie. Amari looks very young. I would say I know you're in college, so you're not twelve, but you look very young. There's nothing wrong with that. You're gonna you're gonna appreciate that. You probably already appreciate it. You get carded everywhere you go. I get carded to go see a rated R movie, but my friends. Wow. Do, and they're younger than me. That's crazy. I've looked like this since I was like 15, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, and we have a very special guest joining us today. Today we're talking about Somalia, and uh, it gets a bad rap. Um, so today we have a gentleman here from Somalia. He's born in Somalia, but he was raised here in Massachusetts, in Boston. Yes. Okay, so we're going to go through your whole life and, and discuss. Uh, we have Hashim Siraji. He is the co-founder of the, the Progressive African Network owner, website developer at amanihost.com, and former co-founder at FinCent, F-I-N-S-E-N-T, Incorporated. Um, he's a tech guy, for short. He does tech. Um, thank you for joining us here today, sir. You're welcome. He is also one of the Empower Brokers, so if you ever see um, on our Instagram, if you look at the uh, 34th, I think it's the 34th episode, that cool guy in the sunglasses, that's that guy. He's cool. Um, thank you for joining us, sir. How are you? No sunglasses today. No sunglasses today. No. It is nighttime. It is nighttime. I feel like I should because these lights, when you, we do have a lot of lights here on a lot, it, it actually starts to give you a headache. But, uh, but thank you for joining us. I appreciate you uh, being thank here. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah, yeah. Me. So tell me, uh, Hashim, what is up with all these Somali pirates uh, terrorizing all these innocent white people, bro? <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> You know, it's Somali- not right. Somalia, Somalia does get a lot of rap. Do you know um, how many for, white people are crying? No, no, no because no, of these pirates. Somalia, Somalia does get a lot of rap for uh, piracy. Yeah. Uh, so, so the 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 story starts off with these pirates taking over multi million dollar uh, ships from Europe and mm. Asia and India, holding them for ransom, gunpoint. Mm. Some of you have watched Captain Phillips. Uh, there's another documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, called Pirates of Somalia, which is a little bit more better than Captain Phillips. So these pirates, f- 
formerly were fishermen mm. and they were forced into a life of piracy due to circumstances of multinationals and uh, Asian countries and European countries mm-hmm. coming into their fishing wa- uh, fishing area because Somalia does not have a government, did not have a, a fully functioning government, navy, uh, coast guard to protect its international waters. Mm-hmm. So they were forced to uh, into a life of piracy. Uh, and some of them uh, by necessity and some of them uh, by opportunism. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these a lot of these guys uh who some of them are even in in usa in prison uh they're here in america in prison in prison in america Uh, the united states government actually did did do an intervention and uh extradited them over here it's the power of the u.s so we're in charge of the international waters the The u.s and the uk that doesn't seem fair i I guess it is what it is but that's how you control the global economy this is this is just uh, um, it, because U.S. American lives were involved in those kind of uh, oh did they kill some Americans or something uh, because of the uh, Captain Phillips issue. Uh, that's, I don't. I'm not familiar with the gap. So, so what's what's that story? I know Tom Hanks was in it. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and uh, did this movie in, uh, a couple of years ago called Captain Phillips. Uh, so it was a real life documentary. Yeah. Kind of a biography, actually, not a documentary uh, of. A, a real life captain uh-huh. uh, named Captain Phillips, and he his ship got hijacked by Somali pirates. So the story goes is Captain Phillips after he gets rescued by USA Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. he comes to the U.S. writes a writes a, writes a, uh, a screen, uh, what is that thing called? Screenplay. A screenplay and um, goes to Hollywood and gets to have Tom Hanks play him. So so wait, he wrote the script himself. He. He him him or, or his ghostwriter, whoever it may be. So, but he was behind it. It made him look out to be a hero, actually. I mean, if I wrote my own script, I would be, like, crazy he, heroic. He is hero. He's yeah. a hero in the movie. And uh, and some of his, actually, crewmates were saying that, no, nah, no, nah, this is not really how it <laughs> happened. This is not how it really went down. Uh, so, Captain Phillips, mo- the movie, it's about some, it gave a huge, it actually did very well. There's His co-star... When they did, when they went to uh, to go find a co-star, they wanted to find actual Somali to play the role. Mm. So what else? Where else can they go? They're in the United States. They go to the largest population, Somali population in the U.S., which is Minnesota, Minneapolis. Yeah. They did the casting, and then like they screenplayed everyone. I mean, like they, I mean, they uh, auditioned everyone, mm. and then the guy who got the part was the last guy who did the audition. Wow. And he did it amazingly well, amazingly well, but there's a story actually that he got paid only like sixty-five thousand dollars for the to play that role when the movie did what? very, very well, very, that's, very well. That's bad negotiations, man. Yeah. Normally, because he doesn't know how much that role would pan out. Well, if you're in anything with the Tom Hanks, I mean, that's you, you know, need you at should, least at least need, a milli. Yeah. That. I mean, it was, he never get, acted before. But, I mean, he yeah. Did, they just got him off the uh, yeah. street. Did he yeah. do anything so, else since or no? Um, he got yeah, he, he's, he's done a couple of other movies. Not as big as Captain Phillips, though. Definitely okay. not as big as yeah, Captain but Phillips. But he'll get paid more money yeah. now. Probably. Before. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're just starting out, maybe that's not totally unreasonable. But, um, so, so there, what was he, what kind of ships are they hijacking? These are very large vessels, very like large tankers, that kind yeah, of stuff. Tankers. Yeah, tankers. Yeah. How it many people? Any size. How many people go onto it? Or you, maybe you don't know these kind of specifics, but do you need like they a? They take they take these small boats, um, 
and they it's like small small uh, jet boats that yeah, they, yeah. they just ride over there and then uh -huh. they take the canoes as soon as they get there throw their uh, um, uh, the rope start climbing take the AK-47 say hey guys wow. we're gonna hold it for ransom so they'll take over a tanker with yeah. a canoe. With like four guys. With like four dudes. Yeah, because tankers hard, aren't heavily manned. Tankers might have like six, 18 people on board. It's mostly automated. I'm just saying that's, that's still impressive. It, it's still really dangerous because yeah. you can get, yeah. a lot of them get killed trying to get on board a ship. So so they hold it and do they, are they usually successful or no? As the years go by, mm -hmm. people get kind of like caught up to their game. Mm -hmm. So they started putting security and, and bodyguards and police and all that on the, on their vessels insurance once they see their insurance go up of course they got to protect their their uh their products mm -hmm. so i've heard uh so i i am informed a lot online i try not to watch mainstream news and i've heard that um a lot of this started you talked about the instability that happened yeah. um because the, the government failed back in when was it so, so the government somalia collapsed in 1991 okay so since that time, since there's like very re little regulations around the waters of Somalia, mm -hmm. you had international corporations dumping toxic waste and stealing all the fish out. Absolutely. And and what I heard that the the piracy was sort of like in response to a Absolutely. lot of that. Is Absolutely. that true or is that not true? Absolutely, especially at the very beginning. But then as the years went by and and there was a lot of opportunism that came afterwards. Mm -hmm. There were actually. Um, there's no Coast Guard, there's no Navy, there's no... Uh, they're actually in international Somali waters. Mm. So if they came that deep to dump toxic waste and, and steal their fish, wow. what's left for them? Yeah. You know? But a life of piracy, you know? So there's nothing protecting the, the board because it's all water around there. So you could just, from whatever's on the other side of that, you could just it, you could take a boat and just go right to in, Somalia, yeah, nothing it, stopping you? So Absolutely. Indian wow. Ocean, what's on the, um, other side? the Red that. Sea... And the um, Saudi Arabia and Oman, I mean, uh, Yemen. Yemen, yeah. So you got Saudi, Yemen, Red Sea, um, Indian Ocean. It's actually really pretty water over there. It's uh, a lot of water. Yeah. It, it would be, and even if they had the Navy, it would be difficult because they have a large coastline. It's large like coastline. It's a country of coastline. It's yeah. the largest coastline in Africa, actually. Jeez. I would think, like, if, if Somalia had a functioning government... That look, would look like a fantastic resort town, a resort-like country. Like, look, just all beach. Look at all this. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a very long coastline. And unfortunately, when Somalia collapsed in 1991, uh, what happened was there was a divisional uh, kind of a breakup where it, they went into uh, different states. So the south had their own state, the, the central had their own state, and the northwest had their own state, mm. which they created a uh, self-sufficient uh, government inside of those states um, their own presidents their own parliament their own police their own military mm -hmm. so in 2004 united nations intervened and said that somalia has been a failed state so after 20 to 25 years the united united nations if you are a member of the united nations and your country failed what happens is that they they take over and they try to reestablish a, a functioning state into uh, uh for your country so in 2004 that's when um the transitional federal government was started. Did you um is it so you've you've been there when last year? I've been there twice. I was first time I went back was in 2011. It was very emotional. It was my first time back since uh, since we left uh, because of the civil war. Uh -huh. um, 
and my second time was in the end of 2017. So when I, I looked at your pictures on Facebook, mm -hmm. I was kind of stalking you. I'm sorry, bro. Mm -hmm. no, uh, I, had to, I had to see what was going on there. It looked like very uh, nice. Like there's parks and kids playing, and like I'm thinking when I think war torn country, I'm thinking yeah. like you ever, you ever see like remember when did you ever see Terminator? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Terminator Two, and they show like just desolation like mad max like mad max or yeah. something that's what yeah. i'm thinking in my head when i think failed government yeah. failed state and nothing going on for it looked nothing like that for a uh for a time it was like that for oh a wow time, okay it was like that uh, i mean not not to that extreme as mad max of course but um mogadishu which is uh the southern part the capital and that's where the government is that is the most unstable part of somalia the central part so when I went back to Somalia in the, um, 2011, I went to the central part mm -hmm. called uh, Puntland. So they have their own state. Mm -hmm. And then when I went back last year, I went to Somaliland, which is in the northwest, which they have their own state as well, as well as uh, a, a breakaway kind of a state situation that they, they're working on. Mm -hmm. uh, but still disputed lands and all those other things are getting in the way from becoming their own country, sort of uh, a la uh, South Sudan. Why, uh, why did it fail? What happened? What happened was there was a dictator, uh, sort of like Libya. Okay. Muammar Gaddafi, if you follow the story. So, Mohammed Siad Barre, he was a dictator uh, 1969 to 1991. He basically uh, took in communism and socialism, a scientific socialism, as he called it, mm -hmm. and he created a, uh, a one rule party state where his party was the only party that was allowed. So mm -hmm. he dissolved all other political parties. He dissolved all, um, uh, what do you call, uh, community organizing of tribes and uh, polit politics. So everyone he didn't want organized. He didn't yeah, want community organized. He didn't organized. want, he didn't want wow, that. That's weird. Right. So every year there was literally no uh, opposition. There was no elections. So the Somali people in, in, the, uh, in the south, in the central, in the northwest, they kind of get tired of that. So they started creating these rebel organizations mm -hmm. under the table. So when he caught wind of that, they had to flee. So they went into neighboring Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. So that's where they organized themselves. And then in, 19, uh, in the 1980s, uh, towards the end, yeah. when he's, his power, uh, he felt that his power was getting weaker, they attacked simultaneously uh, in the south, in the center, and in the northwest, three different rebel groups. So of course, uh, yeah. and and then a lot of Somali national national army uh, uh, members defected and went back to the original states uh, that they came from, where over their tribe or their, wherever their families come from, and he couldn't take on three uh, fronts, and he exiled. He got exiled. Uh, he exiled into uh, and ended up uh, going to Nigeria, Lagos, and uh, that's they accepted him and. Passed away is in he still, 1994. Oh, he passed away. Yeah, I have a, one of my best friends in Seattle is um, Somali. Mm -hmm. And he had a very um, powerful story. So he's one or two years older than me. He came here with his younger brothers. Um, he was like 13. And uh, this was back in like 91 or 92 or 93, something like that. And... Um, he didn't have any birth records or anything. So mm -hmm. this is like his parents. Nobody came. It was just him and his brothers, mm -hmm. 13 and like six and seven or something. They were a lot younger. So he didn't have any records of how old he was. So mm -hmm. he told them that they were 18, that he was 18 so that his brothers could stay with him. Mm -hmm. And then when he came to Seattle, I think he just stayed in the 
like the Somali community, they really look out for each other there. So I think I'm, it's the same thing here in Boston. Everybody looks out for each other, as far as I know. That's mm-hmm. what it seems like. Um, but he's basically taking care of his younger brothers in a totally different country. Nobody knew English. Mm-hmm. And it's really, like, admirable, like, what he came from. And now he's, like, I think he moved to Minnesota as well. I think, uh, like, maybe one of his brothers is still there. Um, but he, like, overcame all of that. Like, my kids, I have a almost 13-year-old now. I don't know if she could do something like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's crazy. But the things that people go through in times of war, yeah, like, that must have been, like, just crazy, bonkers, banana scary um, to go through something like that. No, absolutely, absolutely. You know? It's uh, um, I always look at it, my story um, and my family, what we went through mm. and how lucky we were. We, every one of us have a crazy story. Did whoever, they, did they come around that same time? 92, 93, 4? We came here in 95. Okay. So around 91 to 95, we were seeking refuge. Mm. Uh, we were seeking um, uh, sort of a uh, somewhere to migrate to. So next door, um, we heard that they were accepting Somali refugees in the refugee camp in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So we decided to head uh, I was actually in a different city when the war started popping off at the uh, right at the mm-hmm. beginning. I was in west southwest Somalia with my grandfather and my grandmother's, uh, where they had a large father. My grandfather was a big shek at the region, so a big shot, shek, shek, oh, shek, like oh, imam. Okay. I was like, oh, imam. big shot, eh? Oh, <laughs> basically, he, I mean, that is a big shot, that's kind of a big shot, that is a sure. big shot, yeah. that is a big shot. Um, not monetary wise, but mm-hmm. he was very influential, and um, my tribe was not from there, so. We, when we fled, my family was in the capital, so they had to come get me. Mm. So they came over there, they got me, then we went south, all the way south, and we crossed the border to Kenya. And we ended up in this refugee camp uh, called uh, Dadaab and Ifo and Ifo 2, which is still actually, to this day, still exists. And it's the largest refugee camp in the world. Wow. It's not a good place. It's not. Luckily, we... Uh, I mean, it's still to, currently a refugee camp? It is, it is still currently a refugee wow. camp. And t- for me to actually be sitting here today, it's actually uh, ve- it's a blessing for me to be actually sitting here today because, mm-hmm. you know, my mother and my father, um, for us to flee war and like, it's unimaginable. I was young, so I didn't see anything. Yeah. I don't have any trauma. But there's a lot of people who have PTSD and mental yeah. health issues from the war, uh, which is which in our community is sort of like a stigma that we don't address as well. Hmm. What, um, man, that's crazy. Cause I know a lot of, uh, like a lot of, um, older brothers, like around the message and stuff like that. And they seem, I always want, cause I see a lot of them, like they just seem like they have some kind of weird injury. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, I don't want to ask them like, Hey, did that happen in the war? That would just sound really ignorant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it just seems like I wonder if, cause that, if they're that old and they're definitely Somali, like at ISBCC, you go there too. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of older, they uh, have some hard of, scars. Yeah. Like, like crazy a, scars and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm it's like, it's a scar I from a serious happened. injury. It's not yeah. a scar from like, Oh, I, I fell. Is it likely that that came from that war or maybe not? Or is it hard to, it's probably hard to tell. I'm just being an ignorant American. It, I apologize. It, it, it depends. So some, yeah, a lot of them did get a scar from the war, but yeah. not on the civil war. But some of them even in wars from prior to that. So oh, in 1977, man. we had a big war against our neighbor country Ethiopia, hmm. where we fought for this land, Eastern Ethiopian land, which is a Somali inhabited land called the Ogaden. Hmm. Uh, so we fought for the Ogaden region to free it and, and bring it back to Somalia. So there's a lot of generals. I mean, uh, m- people who were in the military and the army who fought against Ethiopia. Uh, we unfortunately lost, and that was actually part of the reason why uh, 
uh, president uh, at the time, Mohamed Siabara, that's how he actually, his decline started. Uh, so he was, he was communist, he was, and he was with Russia and, and, and the Soviet Union, actually, that was their name at the time. Mm-hmm. So when they, when we wanted to go to war and get our land back, uh, Soviet Union decided to do an alliance with Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And the Somali president at the time was not really liking that. So what he did is he kicked out the Russians and uh, the Soviets, and he told them, you have 40, 48 hours to leave. So, and then he think that Jimmy Carter was going to come in and, and be on his side. You know, Jimmy Carter is not going to go to war, especially in, over Somalia and Ethiopia mm-hmm. in the Cold War era. Uh, so we didn't get any assistance. We decided to still go in the war. Ethiopia had all these communist allegiances uh, coming in. They had their own army. That 15,000 Cuban troops, troops were imported. 15,000, damn. And uh, we ended up losing the war. And But at the same time, 1991... What was the interest of Cuba? What was their interest in this? You know, they communists. were communist, communist, they like were allies. comrades, they used to call them. It was usually some kind of economic interest, right? I mean, they were allies. It was a... Yeah. They went. They went. They went to Angola. They went to uh, uh, Bolivia. They went everywhere. Cuba. Yeah, the Cubans you know? were fighting all over the world, man. You know? in, in communist. So much war, man. Everybody needs some know. hugs, bro. <laughs> um, so let's let's so let's let's stop that there because I want to fast forward to today. So there's no functioning government right now. There is. There is. There is a functioning. Like, government do I show right my now. passport to someone when I get there? There. There. There is. There is. Okay. Um, so. So my, I went to Somalia, um, Somaliland, they call it, in northwest last year. Um, it's called Somaliland? Somaliland. So it's in the northwest uh, region that... That's a city? To, no, it's a state that uh, compromised of many different cities. So it's not... You won't see it on the map, the regular oh. map, but you'll have to Google where Somaliland is. Oh, okay. So the capital is over there, uh, Hargesa, on the northwest, all the way on the top left. Hargesa, right over there. Oh. Oh, so, so that Kargesa is the capital of Somaliland. Somaliland. I was there in 2017, and in 2011 I was in uh, Galkayo, which is okay. uh, the capital of Puntland. Oh, wow. So that's the state name. Uh, so fast forward to today, there is a functioning government, but it's very fragile, mm-hmm. very fragile, and it's only within Mogadishu. Uh, so the whole administration is supported by the uh, both the United Nations. Uh, the African Union, uh, Amazon, which is the African mission in Somalia. Amazon? Amazon. Som. Not Amazon, the, the Jeff Bezos. Amazon. Wait, spell it. A-M-I-M. No, A-M-I-S-O-M. Amazon. Amazon, okay. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I never heard Je- of that. Jeff Bezos is not in Somalia yet. Got it. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so if you fly into Somalia, you got to go into Mogadishu then. 2011 was the first year we had a huge drought so mm-hmm. that there was no international there's no international fl- at the time flights that go to Somalia so traditionally what people used to do is they used to fly to Dubai and catch a small charter plane uh, jet to from Dubai or Yemen oh, to wow. come to Somalia so in 2011 Turkish government and decided to make a pledge to partner up with Somalia so that was, I think it was maybe 2012 or 13, they started the first international flights to Somalia, Turkish Airlines. Wow. Straight to Mogadishu from Istanbul, via, via Istanbul. But you still have, you can't fly into somewhere else in Somalia, you have to go to Mogadishu. No, 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 you can still do the other way, uh, fly to Dubai and either uh, get off on uh, Hargeisa or Bosaso or, or, or Galkayo. 
Okay. You can still, you can, or even even in Mogadishu, you can still use those connecting flights. Was Somalia one of the um, the countries that forty five blocked or something like that? Was that one of them or no? Seven seven blocked nations. Yeah. Was that one of them or no? Uh, you talking about the Trump? Yeah. Did yeah. he? Did he block Somalia? Yeah, Somalia is definitely blocked. So you can't you can't go to Somalia and come back. If you go there, you're done. No, no, no. You can go to Somalia. I was I was in Somalia last year. So a lot oh, of that's okay. rhetoric. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's what oh. what what it was what it was is that if you are from Somalia, not a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. you were they you were blocked to to seek asylum or immigrate. Oh, to the okay. US. That's what it was. No, I have a client who's from um, Iran. Yeah. And. Um, we actually just cleaned out her apartment. She went to visit her family in Iran. Yeah. It's done. Not coming back. Yeah. She's a doctor, mm-hmm. an American educated doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, like she could not come back to the States. It was over. Like she's, I well, don't know. She must have, she must have done something. Maybe she did something. I don't know. I, I know, I know some Iranians here and, and, uh, who do go back to that country and do come back? Oh wow! Okay, maybe she did something. I don't know. Oh, or, uh, or someone. Usually, someone around you does something. You yeah. don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know, you could just get a, a whiff of that. I mean, over. it could be a cousin or something mm-hmm. else, or you, you don't know. And um, you know, most people when you're here in America, you drop your radar. You, like you give someone fifty dollars, or you buy a gift, and they use that money in, in some regard, or they're they're communicating with you, but they're using you as a hub yeah. to get to someone else. So they'll lock you down or they'll follow you. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I can't go to Iran. I'm so. not going. Yeah, I'm good, bro. I actually want to go to Iran. I'm actually not allowed to go. I want to take a picture so I can post you guys on our... Uh, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. You know how to take... She's a girl. Yeah, of course. I, I just said something gender biased. Wow, that was really messed up. Terrible. About your own daughter. <laughs> it's wow. accurate. She can take multiple photos. Shay Dubs is doing it. Thanks, Shay Dubs. Shay Dubs. I, I, I had a question earlier. So is this going on, Shay? Seamus McDuffie the third. Okay. That's the Shea, full that's name. Seamus Dubathy. Seamus Dubathy? I'm, I'm over yeah. it. But you said um, the, refugee, uh, the refugee groups, they went to um, Ethiopia, but why didn't they unite while they were there? Did, why did they stay separate? Do you know that? or? So the thing is, when a country collapses... Money, nothing, nothing matters. What's like, the what's the what's the money there? Things. What is the the money? Um, there? At the time, it was a Somali shilling. Okay. But today, but ever since that collapse, yeah, uh, what happened was that it became of no value. So people started using <laughs> U.S. dollars, and yeah. to this day, the U.S. dollar is still used in Somalia. Wow, same thing in Zimbabwe. I hear because yeah. they they went to like twenty million. It was whatever their money was. Rolling bales of their money. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's retarded. You can be a billionaire in, in Zimbabwe. You know, and not be and able not to be buy Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, so where is there any so we're a business podcast. Mm-hmm. This is actually doing business in Africa number seven. All right. Um uh, in case you missed it, uh uh, Hashim is one of the Empower Brokers. He's the guy with the sunglasses. Um, what are there any kind of business prospects in Somalia if you have a, a non-functioning go- or largely non-functioning government? Or not really? Is there probably nothing there, we can do right now? There, there is. There is. Um, so Somali people are very, very entrepreneurial. Very mm. like spiritually, uh, ent- like entrepreneur spirit mm. within them. It's amazing. Yeah. So almost everyone there's really like no jobs so almost everyone has their own business gotta start something yeah you have everyone to. almost everyone has their own business yeah so when the country collapsed the somali population decided to disperse all over the world 
in the U.S., mm. all throughout Africa, all throughout the Arabic states, mm. all throughout the European states, Asia. There's probably Somalia in every country. Yeah. So, and in those countries, if you go everywhere, you can go to Roxbury and Delhi Square, you'll see all those businesses. There's 16 Definitely. businesses, Somali-owned businesses in Roxbury alone, uh, Delhi Square area. 16. Uh, Roxbury Cross, I'm right across the street. I get my meat there. Exactly. All Somali, yeah. International Halal, mm-hmm. Butterfly Cafe. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, Falafel. Butterfly, yeah. Actually, so, everywhere. Yeah, you're right. So, but, you know, at the same time, business wise, there is a. Uh, so the biggest businesses in Somalia are real estate, um, there is a um, money transfer, there's telecommunication, there is uh, import and export, uh, which is very large. Uh, and What kind of things import export? Everything any, anything or? and everything. Okay. Because there's nothing grown um, like on a large manufacturing scale. Um, there's nothing like like made on a large manufacturing scale, scale factories or any of those things. Agriculture, maybe? Ag- no? Agriculture, no agriculture, but really? livestock. Livestock. Okay. Definitely right. livestock. So we do export a lot of camels, a lot of goats, uh, especially to uh, Saudi Arabia yeah, and, and the Arabic states. Yeah, probably. Some of those camels, probably, like Somalia has a very, very large camel population, probably one of the, maybe number one. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, yeah. Damn. Maybe number one. You know they like camels in Saudi yeah. Arabia. I saw a side tangent. I saw a... Um, they do races. They race a camels food, no, and no, they no. eat camels. Food it's network. It's actually pretty good. And they drink camel milk. Food Ranger. That's what it was. Food Ranger on YouTube. Yeah. They uh, cooked a whole camel, literally. They, they skinned it, took a whole camel, like the size of these two chairs put together, and put it in a big oven and cooked it. And I was like, there's no way that's good. There's no way that's good. <laughs> no, didn't no, you eat camel, Dad? Not eating camels is actually pretty good. That is unacceptable. It is. It is. Really? You ate some camel, bro? Uh, uh, <laughs> of course I ate camel. I was you eat a in. Lot of weird things. Yeah, I have. But I, the worst thing I ate was. What, wait, wait, hold on. How was it prepared, bro? Well, I had I've had uh, a gyro on camel meat. I've had I might try camel that. steak. I've had a lot of camel because I was over there. So did you eat the like, hump, bro? Huh? Did you eat the hump? No, they have a thing where they eat the hump, like pieces of the fat. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't like. I'm not a fatty eater, so yeah, yeah. I think the worst thing I ate was kangaroo. You, I, you ate I, a kangaroo when I was in Germany. I ate kangaroo. That seems mm-hmm. unethical. Yeah, they have kangaroo at Twisted Root Burger. I had it when I um at what Twisted Root Burger. Oh, it's a burger spot in, in Texas. Uh, in is amazing. Dallas, they serve exotic meats, and wow. I I ordered camel. I mean kangaroo and emu. You would be sad. You, you had a Was it good, bro? And don't say yes. <laughs> it was trash. Honestly. <laughs> no, seriously, it was it was not like, good. Like, I was there with my ex-girlfriend, and she was just staring at me like, this is animal cruelty. And I'm just like, yeah, it, it does, it's cruelty to my mouth, right. too. The emo by itself is all right. Elk is good. I like well, I've had elk. Elk is not elk, bad. Elk is good. Um, it's It was basically like a, a slightly off beef. But it wasn't bad. But, but, but I can't. A, see, here's the thing about these. How kinds can you of, not eat camel? I mean, camels are. Right. No, everything thing. is has to be prepared properly. When, when it comes they to actually have a, a camel burger in uh, Minneapolis, if you want to go check it out. I might do that just because I like to try things. But I can't just sit here. You, you know how you like zone out and watch TV and eat and enjoy it. I can't do that with weird things. Like well, I have to be focusing on it and looking for. But they're camels. More people probably eat camels than they eat beef. I don't think I don't that's know accurate. about that, but there's a high number. I don't think that's accurate. That's accurate. Uh, I was trying to slide that across. I knew that wasn't true. I just said that. No, but the thing is, like, misinformation. Eating, eating out there. camels actually, 
Have you Cam- camels are very expensive. Number one. Uh, have you had camel? I've had camel. Is it I've delicious? It's very no. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's very rough. Like it's very rough. It's, it's like, rough. Yeah. It's it's you're gonna have to chew a lot. Let's just say. Mm. Yeah, okay. maybe maybe it's the way it was prepared. Maybe it was the way. Yeah, if you season it, like in the gyro, a uh, gyro is pretty good. What's the flavor? Uh, it's not gyro, bro. Gyro. 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 I can't say it. It's not gyro. It's not gyro, definitely not gyro. Gyro. That's, but anyway, gyro. yeah. So, so the uh, I mean, basically in Somalia, it's uh, we don't eat camels uh, mainly because camels are like a uh, like basically they're like stock market. They are like if oh, you that's have, money. Yeah, it's money. You it's don't worth, need money. It's worth a lot. Yeah. So like, you get the milk from them. You you, you keep them. You know, uh-huh. healthy. So that later on, like let's say like you want to buy something. Yeah. You know, like you can sell your camels and buy something. You can buy a house. You can. Oh, it's like a savings account. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, oh, okay. it's a bank account. Like yeah. we don't have yeah. banks in Somalia, so we we have to have assets. So some of the assets are camels. You know, livestock, uh, other livestock property and cars or, or whatever it may be so even if you're getting married like people sometimes joke about like oh i'm gonna you're gonna have to pay me like 100 camels if you want my daughter or something Damn, like that, son. You know? that's a blood price if you yeah. kill somebody it's 100 camels yeah, yeah it's a blood price also <laughs> yeah definitely a bad chick bro yeah it's 100 camels a lot that's a, no is that, that's a real dowry 100 yeah, camels uh-huh. no no one's no one's paying that no <laughs> 100 camels is if you kill somebody i don't know no man. i heard that before that's very I mean, Islamic. that as a pickup line like, yeah Yo, i hey, got girl. 100 camels girl yeah 100 camel girl <laughs> <laughs> i see boy that's 100 humps right there the oh. camels <laughs> they have two humps oh, they have like Two humps, two hundred humps. Oh man! No, but no, those two hundred no. Central, no, no, Central Asia. We don't have two humps. Two humps is a different type, right? Yeah, it's yeah, in, in uh, Central Asia, Australia, and uh, um, Central Asia. But most of the camels actually from Australia they import it. Mm. Uh, so a lot of the camels, like that, if you ever see like one hump camel in Australia, it's like it's not from there. It's, for, it's probably oh, from wow. Somalia. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep that in mind if I ever go to Australia and see a camel. Um, so how do you? Because I don't see, if there's no government to protect the citizens, no real government, how does one do business and not get robbed? So, if, unless you have your own personal militia or something like that. Or your tribe? Tribe. Oh, definitely, oh the tribe. Oh, is that, so, tribe. is this where the tribe comes in? Definitely where okay, the tribe so, comes in. Okay, so what are the tribal, uh, what's the tribes in, uh, in Somalia? So, in Somalia, we don't really... Uh, we don't really like openly, you know, um, celebrate tribalism or anything like that. Mm. Tribe, your tribe is basically like your identity. So it's like your social security number. Mm. So where your name and your tribe, that's how people identify. It's a, it's a form of ID. Okay. Uh, so if you're doing business, you're gonna do with business with so and so from this family, from this thing. So if this guy tries to, uh, yeah, that's old school, bro. Yeah. This guy tries to do anything to you. Yeah. You have, your tribe is gonna go to the other tribe and say, "Hey, listen, this guy, you know, shorted me or something." Yeah. We sit down, the elders sit down, and then there's a uh, resolution. Oh wow! Yeah, that's old school. Yeah, that's really old school. It's called uh, uh, natural law. Like thousands of years old. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way, how you get down. Yeah. That's the way things happen. And yeah. it's it's still going on today, um, mm. to this day. So that's that's there's four major tribes in Somalia and other uh, smaller tribes that. Pretty, the, so the four major tribes dominate all of the land in Somalia. So the Somali population spills over into Ethiopia mm. uh, and Kenya, northeast Kenya and eastern Ethiopia. Okay. <clears throat> so they have we have a state in Ethiopia, 
uh, called the Somali region, the Ogaden region. It was a British protectorate that was given to Ethiopia by the British Empire. So it was the Northeast. It was a British protectorate that was given to, Northeast? to Kenya. Northeast Kenya. Oh, Northeast Kenya. Yeah. Okay. Because the so, uh, British don't like to divide things properly. So th- why are they always like the guys? Because it makes things unstable uh, for long periods yeah. of time. Look at these British doing stuff. Like, go, go back to your own country. Anyway, they, they. Uh, so when the U.S. Uh, so, wait, wait, uh, hold, on, hold on. Where, where, British, am I, where's the Somali? Yeah. So like those cities like uh, Wajir, W-A-J-I-R, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mandera. Like that's those Somali. are all Somali cities. Okay. And hmm. go down even the Garissa, the Dab. That's where the refugee camp is. That oh wow okay. over there so oh Dagali refugee camp yeah Dagali uh, Hagadela uh, Ifo that's so when we reached actually uh, uh, so those so when we reached those areas we were pretty much safe but there was a lot of corruption and bribery that came mm-hmm. in before that um, from Kenyan police and other Somali uh, uh, um, uh, 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 other Somalis who were you know kind of aligned with the Kenyan government and things like that yeah. so we had we had a very hard time but luckily for us you know for me like I said before it was, for me it was a blessing for me to be sitting here today because I've literally had like you know bullets just went by me you wow know, escaping the war but my story compares nothing to what some other people went through like adults you know? who were yeah. like in it fighting so meant, in it, yeah my mother would tell me like yeah there was one time where like this guy fired shots and you had like three bullets go by. I'm like, I don't remember that. Thank God wow. I'm still alive. Man, um, that would have been stressful. Like yeah. me going with my kids somewhere and there's bullets flying. Yeah. Damn, son. Wow. And wow. L- lucky for us, my uncle at the time uh, lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and he was uh, going to school over here. He uh, actually sponsored us to come here in the United States. He uh, applied for a visa for us. Mm. And we were able to come here in 95 and... Uh, that's where the story started, and I uh, grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Wow, wow. What? So your so your family is also probably brought that entrepreneurial spirit because you've started like three or four things yourself. No, actually, uh, my family's not so entrepreneurial. Really? Not so okay. entrepreneurial. Um, almost all, except for one of my sisters, which okay. uh, she has a business out in uh, daycare in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Okay. So other than that, all my other siblings, they all work. You know, my brother's IT guy. My sister, one of my sisters, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Another sister, she is a, um, what does she do? Uh, uh, she works for Apple. So, so those kind of the entrepreneurial thing, I've been trying to get my brother to, you know, to become an entrepreneur, but it's still, that day-to-day and that professional life and that nine-to-five uh, with the bills and all these other things kind of pull you in and pull you away from the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And also, when you have a lot of uncertainty, some stability makes you feel safe. I can understand that. I feel like you have to be, to be an entrepreneur, I feel like you have to have that blood in you, you know, for, yeah. you know, you have to have that fire in you. And I, and I think for me, it was at a younger age, I can still remember... When I was very young, I would go to the store, convenience store, I'd buy all these chips and honey buns and drinks. Yeah. Bring it back to the house, open a little small shop, and sell it to my brothers. Really? <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of customers. Man, that's like, gangster, bro. That's that's gangster. Hustling. I had a lot that's of customers. That's what I do at school to make money. Like, yeah. Like, see, you got when you buy snacks, like you go to like the Sam's Club or something. Yeah. You know, like big honey buns, big yeah. chip things. And that's the entrepreneurial spirit. This guy can be an entrepreneur one day. He used to be selling stuff online when he was younger. I was like, hey, how you got that? Oh, I traded. I'm like, you can't go into contract. You're 16. (laughs) He was trading stuff for points and from different sites to 
other. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how I got this phone actually is like I have a friend. How'd you get that phone? Let me see. What is that, man? It's a S six, but I I got it myself. Unplug that joint. Let me take a look at this. That means uh, Shimon didn't buy that. No, that I looks like a serious one. phone. I bought an older one. <laughs> I don't want to open this up and see something I don't need to see. So I'm just like, <laughs> to be at that. Uh, I know how the teenagers are. Um, that's a, that, so you, you traded to get that phone, though. Um, how old are you, 16, 17? 17. That's but, impressive. I like that. Yeah, I have a friend, and we used to like go to garage sales and like buy stuff and like sell it. And What do you want to do with your life? Mm. Did I ask you that before? I feel like I have. I was I just don't about remember. to ask that. What are you going to do with yourself, young man? Um, it's changed. I recently just thought about like opening up my own clothing business. I, I, I talked about that for a while, but I actually really want to do it now. So. Do you enjoy school? Do I enjoy school? Do you enjoy school? Um, I used to, but personally now, no. That's Why not? That entrepreneurial spirit. I'm telling you, Shimon. I'm the same way. I, well, I don't recommend doing it the way I did it because I uh, I dropped out like an idiot. But um, why not? Um, I always like recently. I feel like with school, they just teach you how to do a job, like how to go into like the professional world, and not like not to do like what you want, but how to do what other people want you to do. Yeah, that's partially true. I mean, there's also knowledge. There is a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of knowledge, but yeah, I see I, what you're I like saying. Learning. Yeah. I like learning new things. I'm always correcting people. And you see, that's exactly how I was when hmm. I was going to school. And I actually also myself dropped out of college. I didn't... I didn't oh, you didn't graduate? No. Ever? Never. Yeah. yeah. I, but I will tell you, though, as someone who also... like, So I, I was a... I was what is known as a child prodigy. I'm not bragging. It's just what it is. <laughs> and um, I'm serious. I started, I started college at uh, 13, right? So I never went to high school. I've never even stepped foot in a high school to this day. Never. I've never even been inside of one. I don't know what's, what's in there. Um, I mean, I've seen TV and stuff, but you know. Um, so I started at RCC as a 13-year-old, um, and I quickly realized that I, I really uh, just don't like sitting in class. If I want to learn something, I'm going to go learn about it. Like, I'll go read some books. I'll go look now I can look up anything I want online. However, mm. doing that, um, not dropping out like I did, uh, made everything else harder down the road a lot um, more difficult than it needed to be. So I could sort of figure things out. I was good at figuring things out. But because I didn't really know for sure, figuring out kind of like makes you look like a jackass sometimes. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, mm. but I'm saying I've been in these situations where you're going to interviews and you don't know what you're talking about and you're just trying to you know, float it through. And I've, I've actually gotten very good at that kind of stuff and, and faking it till you make it kind of thing. But um, if I were you, I would just go to college, bro. But every, whatever, do what you want to do. Um, I mean, they got college. It's the hard road. Well, yeah, exactly. You can you can get you can learn about entrepreneurship and every, everything, but um, it's a Shout hard out to road. Babson on that one. Babson. What's just Babson? Babson College. They have an entrepreneurial program. Yeah, um, a couple of our friends' um, yeah. sons went to Babson. They had a good thing. So they were like a a small business school. Yeah, yeah. But they were really focused. A lot of people were going there and starting their own businesses mm -hmm. on their own, and they just. They started launching some tech companies and some other types of companies, and now that's their f core focus. They, I mean, they do stuff on marketing. Uh, I mean, they teach you the sound of business, but they encourage you to go solve your own business problems. See, that I, that sounds like something I would do ten years ago. Like if I knew that mm -hmm. that was around, I would have done it. Because my so it problem was ten years ago. I mean, they were around ten years ago, but nobody was like telling you, "Oh, you could go to school for this." People are like, oh, no, you need to be an accountant mm -hmm, or an engineer mm -hmm. or, a, you know, a doctor. Yeah. 
Well, my problem with school is they don't get to the point quick enough. Like, I don't want to, like, all the friggin' calculus and all the other stuff I'll never ever use in forever. Never. I use calculus. Bro, no, you do not <laughs> use calculus, bro. Yeah, I do. You use calculus. Yes. What I do mean. you use calculus for, Siobhan? <laughs> Uh, day to day, how did you use calculus yesterday? I know I don't not use calculus. How did you use yesterday? calculus last, the last week? time you took a derivative? <laughs> when the last time I took a derivative, I did a derivative in the fall because I was trying to calculate. Um, no, actually, when I was in the pricing strategy for business, yeah, I did a derivative. <laughs> yeah, all right. So anyway, uh, basically, it, that's a no. I no, I do, gonna, it, I, I do it every. Yeah. I do it every couple of months. Unless you're like, uh, if I'm working specifically on numbers on like money or something. My point is. We're gonna agree to disagree, right? We're gonna agree to. There's certain things in life where it's good to know Accounting about it. Like let's say algebra. Time. Algebra is useful. You yes. learn how to. You learn how to get to sums when you don't know all the pieces, right? Okay, that's useful. But past that, it gets to be exploratory and hypothetical and all this other stuff. I don't know that it's very useful in real life. Right. And what I hate that that was my problem with school. Like I just like I liked English because I like to learn how to speak and write properly, which I know how to do very well now. Okay, but all the rest of the stuff and reading Shakespeare and all that other stuff has nothing to do with nothing, and it's like not very interesting. It's really not interesting. No, I, no. It, you're not a dumb person because you don't know the the second soliloquy of Shakespeare's what? Like, who cares? Like, no one cares. I, yeah, I, know, I think sometimes they were because different schools teach different ways, and sometimes many people tell you get you go to high school and they teach one particular model. And you think that, oh, everyone's teaching that way, and I have to go into that. And because um, I've been to school a lot. You enjoy school. You're different. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually, We're like polar opposites because I know you love school, right? No, no. I like learning stuff. I like, I like learning stuff, too, but, but I want to like learn learning, what I want to learn. But So what I did is, like, when I went, I never went into longer. I like accelerated programs. So my classes are normally, like, eight to twelve. Eight weeks, six weeks, because I'm, I'm like, I get to the point. The mm -hmm. same thing. But I was like, okay, what program? Let's me get to that point so I could take more classes. So I did my master's degree in 16 months. I'm not sitting there for two, three years. Why? Let's get. I did the exact same amount of courses. Yeah. Same level. Uh, nice work. You know what I want. You know what I want to find program. out. I want to find out. You know what I mean? I think he likes teasing you about how many times I've been to school. Yeah. You know, and I can see like. <laughs> well, I want to learn something. I'll go find out. Know? I'll learn it out. No, no, like yeah. for for the the psyche of someone. Who's able to finish, you know, uh, go through those correct that curriculum? Yeah, you know, I, I I I could I could never do it, you know, because when you throw in all of these electives and all these other things that are never useful, yeah, it's I feel so, I feel like it's a waste of my time. So electives were supposed to explore yeah. you to new ideas. Yeah, but a lot of schools use it to like shove like their programs down your throat. Or Just their, to meet the graduation quota. Or so credit yeah. limit. My, my freshman year, it's been a whole bunch of dough. Yeah, on I, stuff I had a lot made. of classes. Yeah. I went to a Catholic school my freshman year, mm. of college, and it was a great school and had a great biology program. I wanted to be pre. Uh, I was pre med. I was doubling chemistry and biology, and I was like, okay. One Catholic class that would you know Catholicism. I don't know that much about it. It would have been great, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But four of them, I was like, yo, that's excessive. You're, I could be using those other three classes or something else. So that did irritate me, right? Yeah. I, I, but um, Tulane didn't have a lot of prereqs, mm -hmm. so I got to take what I you know I did my core and I was able to be flexible. They didn't have a like when they forced it down your way, and I chose a school because I didn't like a lot of outside of my major or yeah. outside of things I was interested. 
folks forced on me. When I did have to do it, it did suck. It was like, yo, why am I taking basket weaving? This is wasting my time. And, and just to clarify, I'm, I never not took saying, I'm not saying don't go to college. And not that we're over here telling you what to do, young Shay. Uh, I'm just saying if you don't go to college, you're taking a hard, a harder road. But if you are, if you have direction and you're strong-willed, you can do it. Um, I guess there's really probably not a, a a real way. So let's talk about any kinds of realistic businesses we could do mm-hmm. in Somalia, if any. So. Um what you can do in Somalia, uh, I think the most realistic business is import-export. Okay. Import-export is probably the most realistic business. One of the things that you have to understand is that when you go to Africa, or like in particular even Somalia, is this, even in any country, you have to know, you have to establish yourself, establish yourself with a local resident who can help you facilitate uh, trade. Hmm. So those are the, some of the um, things that Right now, for example, that I'm working on, mm-hmm. on building those kind of like uh, groundworks to help uh, connect people from here to Africa, Somalia in particular, and other other countries. So import-export is probably the most uh, easiest thing to get into. Okay. Yeah. Since the Somalian diaspora was all over, is global, mm-hmm. did that help you when you put PAN together, Progressive African Network? You have all these African businesses. Yeah, can, you get, can you get into that for a little bit? So, so what, is the, what is the progressive African network that you've built? So the, I mean, or the, building, the, you're currently building. Those, the, those two things are two very different uh, questions. Like the Somali diaspora being all over the world and for me building PAN uh, with my co-founders is two totally different things. Okay. Uh, hmm. So there is a lot of Somalis all over Africa mm-hmm. and they do business in many different parts of Africa yeah. whether it's uh, Congo whether it's uh, Zambia mm-hmm. I have a cousin in Zambia I have a friend of mine who had a business in Congo South Africa um, and uh, Ethiopia and Kenya of course where we do have a large population but almost every other country also but the reality is when we build in progressive African network the pan that we face is there's a just like every other African organization has faced there's a lot of a uh, there's a lot of question marks uh, when you build in something to connect Africa. There's a lot of question. Marks. Africa is 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 large. Africa is large. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. It's not so. What you have to do is, and some of the challenges that we're facing is, is you have to start by country by country. You can't just say you're gonna go to Africa. Africa has like 54 countries. Yeah, yeah. It's like saying like 54 United States. It's that. It's it's. It's so many different countries, mm-hmm. and the size of it. Man, Fifty-four United States. Yeah, this. I mean, yeah. not all of them as large as. I know what you mean. Course, no. but, yeah. but if you if you if you look at the land mass, the land mass, and how many people are live living there, like almost only only one billion live there. One billion live in the subcontinent of uh, more than one billion live in India. More than one billion live in China. It's only and a billion on the whole continent. The whole continent, one Man. billion. That's still a lot of people, by the, the way. The land mass. Not for that amount of land. Like, no. Have you seen? Nice. Have you ever seen that picture where they have the land masses? Yeah. Everything else can fit in Africa. Yeah. China, think, India, except for Asia, I think. Huh? And Russia, I think maybe Russia. I don't think you fit Russia. Russia's huge. Russia's well, not anymore. It, it could fit in Africa, but not with those other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the one I think that had uh, North America, South America, and China and India can yeah. all fit in. Yeah. In Africa, yeah, that's a lot of land. Yeah, yeah. so it, I mean, it's it's large. So those are some of the challenges. So Progressive African Network started as a uh, organization that I started with a couple of friend of mine. We were working previously for another African organization 
I recruited them on my team. And I saw a lot of talent in them, and I thought that they can be amazing uh, leaders for themselves and in their community. So one of the issues that, that we face here is, yeah. as a nonprofit organization is lack of a funding, lack, lack of a grant, uh, lack of grants, and lack of, of access to resources. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really take off in the sense of the way we wanted to take off, looking for money. But at the same time, what we did is we created a huge impact uh, socially, online, on, through Facebook, social media. So we started this group uh, in South Africa called uh, Black Entrepreneurship in South Africa. So, and we started other countries, uh, Ghana and Somalia and other ones. But the one that really caught on was in South Africa. The word entrepreneurship in South Africa, especially when you couple it with black, was huge. Mm. Uh, so now, the, f the first day we started, and we got help from a South African uh, who was going to MIT at the time. Um, and he said he's going to go back to this country and he's, he's doing something different, different right now. He's in tech startup stuff. And he helped us start a group called uh, Black Entrepreneurship in South Africa, BESA. We had 300 people who joined the first day, mm -hmm. and today we're almost at 200,000 members. Whoa! So wow! Huge. That's a lot. How long, of long have you been doing it? Uh, it's almost two years now. Two hundred thousand people users is extremely uh, extremely good. But the the some of the, some of the challenges now is like we're operating as a nonprofit who's not funded uh, here in Boston. How do we establish ourselves in South Africa? You know, with, especially without funding. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, technology entrepreneur myself. Um, my last startup I was working on, um, a, fin, a fintech startup, it was like a money transfer uh, kind of a mobile, mobile to mobile money yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. company. So, at the same time, I was doing Pan. So, luckily, I had an amazing partner, Leonard Shatenge, who you guys had on the show before. Yep, uh, um, number thirty-three, I believe. Yeah. He is uh, an amazing MC, event hoster, yeah. um, uh, poet, activist. He brings the thunder. You know, so yeah, he does. this guy, he was guy. great in the microphone. Yeah, great yeah. on the microphone. Great, uh, great stage presence. He's a good front know? man. Great stage presence. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so one of the, uh, so when we partner up together, there were more people that were part of our team, mm -hmm. but for us, I feel like that Leonard and I, we were, we we are like very persistent. We are very, very much, yeah. you know, and we're very, very passionate. So you have to have passion. You have to have persistence. And those are some of the characteristics that you have to have in entrepreneurship. You have to have in business. You have to have in, yeah. in, in success. Yeah, definitely. Um, grit. They call that grit. Grit. Yeah. Grit. You stick to it. Stick to itiveness. <laughs> oh, that's we, real. Oh. I know. I know. We're, I we're still I, rolling. We're, I still, roll, we're still rolling yeah. and we're still trying to figure out ways to uh, um, get ourselves um off the ground in South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, so this year, Progressive African Network, we're going to be transforming it from a nonprofit organization to a for-profit entity. Mm -hmm. uh, so those for-profit entities even have more need for a, a, a capital infusion that's needed in, to get it off the ground and build a platform and so many other things. So, I mean, I've learned that in my last startup. You know, I spent out of my own pocket almost like and I had nothing. Like literally, the day I started that my yeah. company, I had maybe z like zero dollars in my pocket. But somehow, um, it happen, my man. partners and I, yeah. you know, three of us, we split the cost, and we ended up making maybe like thirty, almost thirty-three thousand dollars, you know, in one year that we spent. 
and you spent or you made we, we spent oh yeah we made uh-huh. we made nothing nothing when you get it together when you're launching it off yeah so um after south africa in the yeah. pan ecosystem yeah what's the second largest or next couple largest countries that you have a good presence in so i mean the next one i decided to focus on shutting down all the other programs so right now the only thing that we have running is only in south africa um, I do have connection, uh, uh, connections in Tanzania, I do have connections in Somalia, mm. and I do have connections in, in Kenya and uh, Malawi. Um, so uh, I just posted recently about the Malawi flood that happened, it took so many houses and took yeah. so many you know, um, uh, businesses and, and just pray for them that you know, things go through. And, I'm making it you know. So I mean, even right now today, like uh, I know you guys saw the headline, um, but the Ethiopian uh, airline that crashed, you know, like just yeah, I saw Boeing that. 737 brand new. I don't new, watch anything. What happened? Brand I'm sorry. new Boeing 737. That's the second one that crashed, I believe. Uh, the oh. other one was was it from Malaysia or something or yeah, it was Indonesia. So yeah, Eastern Asia, but it, it turns out it might be though. It was the brand. They're brand new. So it took off. Six minutes later, it was crashed. It, well, is there a reason? Was it terrorism or something Te- like technical, that? Technical. Technical. It's technical. Technical. Uh, should be having brand new planes crashing. That's uh, yeah, it's not making us look good. <laughs> yeah, Boeing, Boeing, Boeing's got. It's, I mean, there was the an Airbus. Six, second one in six months. In la- last last year it was months. Airbus. Airbus had a couple of tech crashes um, before. That so, was, uh, like, if I was in that plane, I'd be very angry. I'm like, this is a brand new damn plane, and yeah. I'm crashing right now. This, are we serious? That's what I would say if I was. No, on I that mean, plane. like, it's actually a, a, uh, everyone damn. on the plane didn't survive. Of course mm-hmm. not. Yeah, nobody yeah, survives. Because that's things. a full full tank of fuel. Yes. Ah oh, man, damn. Son. Yeah. So I mean, so Africa has challenges, but yeah. even even with the even with the new uh, t- uh, new co- uh, 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 new technologies that are being built, I'll give you an example of new technology. So, for example, here in America, we started with fifty six k and dial up internet. So Africa. Uh, Twenty eight eight is where we started. Went straight to uh, you know broadband. You know went straight to three uh, G uh, uh, and just skipped all these other things that we yeah. that we started you know struggling with in the in the nineties and in the eighties mm-hmm. in the early two thousands. No waiting ten minutes to load a picture. No, no, no. absolutely. Oh, man, I remember absolutely those not. days. That yeah. was hell. So uh, just getting back to the to the the pan and progressive African network and so and is that in South beta? Africa. Is that in beta phase right now? It is. It has been in beta phase uh, for a little while now. Uh, we're still looking for funding. Uh, I'm going to be entering a uh, accelerator program in. Um, I have to apply by March 13th, uh, called Mass Challenge, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be looking for funding. We're going to be looking for exposure. Uh, so one of the challenges that uh, that I faced last time in my startup was looking finding funding. Finding uh, funding is the biggest one of the biggest challenges, especially for Black entrepreneurs. Definitely, you know. Yeah, there's we get you have the ideas. You have the ideas, but you don't have. Uh, even if you you will execute, people will not believe in you because yeah. they haven't seen Black yeah. entrepreneurs get to the level of a Uber or a Facebook. You know. But yeah. if you look at it, uh, I was listening to the formation of DoorDash mm-hmm. when they got funded, and they, I think they went to Y Combinator. But they were a couple of guys. What's Y Combinator? What is that? It's a uh, it's accelerator a cent- accelerator program, program in uh, Silicon Valley, and it's pretty much get people right off Stanford and UC Berkeley, right? Mm-hmm. So they were there and they were doing like a program. And they just 
they had some questions. They had very few people when they started. They, I think they had like less than a hundred businesses. They had no, like a little website, no web. They just had the idea, the concept. They got $2 million, $2 million. I actually read, I, I read more into that story. And uh, I remember that, that, and that was their grit. They had grit. Yeah, had grit. They had they, a good they, idea, they but they didn't have class. no real, there was no product yet. No, they put their, they put the, they put the menu of local restaurants onto their website yeah. and it had people call them to order online. And sometimes like they would, there was one time the story, uh, I think maybe I've read about it where they go, where they're having an ice cream celebration and somebody orders online and one of, just to celebrate the company, one of them has to leave to do the delivery. <laughs> yeah, you know? they were doing their own deliveries. I still don't know because I've, I've driven for DoorDash back in my uh, broker days. I don't know how they make any money. I just, I don't get the business. So like it costs seven dollars for a delivery, or five dollars for a delivery. I got five dollars per delivery. Yes. Where's where are they, they making make, their money? They make money from the restaurants. They, they get make a percentage. The, the, the restaurants. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Ah, okay. The restaurants sometimes give even Uber Eats and so forth have different pricing for that. But also the restaurants, if you look at it from the restaurant standpoint. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it wasn't five dollars a delivery. We made five dollars a delivery. They charge three ninety nine per delivery. That's mm -hmm. what it was. And I was like, how are they making any money here? They this was like three or four years ago. I don't know if they changed I think they their were probably trying pricing. to get more people on board. Yeah. But they, some of them have different pricing oh, for okay. the restaurant. So you pay a slightly higher price plus, yeah. the, plus the fee. Mm -hmm. But from the restaurant standpoint, a lot of restaurants have, down, have low utilization. Mm -hmm. If there's nobody in the restaurant, they're losing money. And they still have their staff. They still have high fixed costs. Oh, okay. So using... Um, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they can get maximum utilization. And people will pay the higher cost because now you can get your favorite restaurant to you without, you know, yeah. deliveries on the sofa. Grub, I know Grubhub does that. They, they charge higher per plate and, or, or per, uh, per food. But, like, you look at Uber Eats, like, they charge, like, up to 20, 30, maybe sometimes 40% of, of whatever the sale is. What? Yeah. That is good money. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So but you don't... Um, but you that. Yeah, we don't, but we don't see it necessarily. So they, they wow, let you know the money. menu. The menu price is a little bit different on some of the platforms oh. than you were in the store, and so there. Plus, you get a small delivery fee, so they got some slack. But Uber doesn't have any necessarily, fi or DoorDash or any of those guys. What fixed costs do they have? They have their technology no matter what, mm -hmm. so they can make it's just an app. That's make and lose yeah. money here and there. They're mapping. They're not it's, making any food. They're not making the food. Man, it's genius. Bro. And they're not, yeah. they're not driving the car. They're making the connection. Yep. So they can make some. If they made 30, sec 30, sec 30 cents rather, yeah. on it, whatever. They never we, lost anything. They didn't lose anything. Yeah, it's all it's all. So if, I can, if they can yeah. continue to make, if they make a dollar, great. They make $5, amazing. If they make 10 cents, all right. But they're having such high volume. Yeah. It's a Walmart idea. Walmart was low price. But volume, yeah. so many goods were going out every second that those pennies are just adding up. And that's... I mean, I mean there's another thing also, uh, sorry to cut you off, Iman, but um, Iron Man. Iron Man Abdullah, don't use my real name, Iman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Iron, Iron Man Abdullah. Iron Man Abdullah. Servant of Allah, brother. There is. <laughs> you gotta, so, you, I mean, you gotta Iron, use a fake Iron Sorry to cut you off, but you know this is something for us. Like I, when I go to like technology, you know, uh, startup scene and things like that, I don't yeah. see a lot of people of color. 
You know, it, I mean, no, you don't. No, it's, it's you crazy. don't see any economics either. There was this uh, yeah. uh, the, this accelerator program that I'm entering, actually, uh, Mass Challenge. I went to their uh, little info session last year. I was yeah. like, oh, Mass Challenge, I never heard of them. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, I want to try it out. I go, I check it out. I yeah. see it. Uh, then I'm thinking like, oh, this is nice. They, they're the only startup accelerator program that offers no equity. To ex- to be ex- they're not they don't take any equity from being accepted into their program. So what equity means like a percentage in your company. So they don't they don't they're not interested in a percentage of a company. Why? What's their? Uh... They give a grant. They get they, they get money from the government. They they get yeah they are nonprofit and they 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 that means that they get grants. Mm-hmm. They also get sponsorships from a lot of big companies. Uh, the companies the companies use them to find the next big thing. Exactly. And the, the state loves them because they help create jobs. One of the exactly. things, so Mass Challenge actually, mm. I sat down with Mass Challenge leadership about three years ago, mm-hmm. three or four years ago, and they were saying, oh, we wanted to have more diversity into their um, applicants. And they have some diversity there, so I'm not trying to be hard on them, yeah. but I, I think they didn't really know how to engage, although they were trying mm-hmm. with that. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of incubators and accelerators in Boston and the majority of them suffer from the f- the fact that you know, like hey, we don't have enough black and Latino and eight, yeah. you know, um, not. But like, if you look at their leadership, it's like, well, your your conversation at the leadership table is the reason, yeah. right? Yeah. Because all of you are white. You may have gender diversity, mm-hmm. yeah. But if you don't have diversity, you don't have those leadership conversations to try to filter it down. So by the time you go to try to work on a question that you work on, it's already biased. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're prejudiced. I'm just saying that it's already biased because yeah, yeah. they didn't have enough diversity of thought at the yeah. at the higher level table. Yeah, yeah. To and then when they go to oh it, it's and plus diversity is hard because you don't have all those relationships, mm-hmm. so it struggles. So the people, same thing like probably why black all those big investors came out of Africa. You don't get the returns you're looking for. You don't really feel comfortable with it. It's like, this doesn't look like it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Let me come off. So you have another program closed, and then they start back in a couple of years. There's not consistency. There's not the grit, that stick to itness, which I, is not one of my favorite and words I think to say. I think they're looking for that diversity. <laughs> they yeah. look, they're looking for that diversity. That's because the state wants it. And um, so when, I, wanted, uh, so I, when I, was, I was looking forward to apply uh, for the Mass Challenge program, I was in Ohio. It was like maybe like, middle of December or January or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so my partner uh, through Progressive African Network, Leonard, sends me a message like, hey, Hashim, are you entering Mass Challenge? I'm like, oh, wow. Did he read my mind? Like, uh, what's going on? So he says, oh, no, I saw your picture on their uh, their LinkedIn page. So they actually used my face. On wow. The, of the banner. And it's all white guys. Yeah. <laughs> but they got your face. They got my face. To, yeah. like, we need to represent. Like, they were like, Apply for 2019. We need some, we need to yeah. represent, bro. Wait, wait, what? Apply for the 2019 so they use your they accelerator program. Did you apply? Like, that was, I mean, they used my face, like, you know, when they, uh, to do the promotion. So they yeah. want to show yeah. diversity, even though he's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> so it was me, it was me yeah. and, a, and a mentor, one of the mentors that I spoke with yeah. at the event last year. I actually don't remember what we talked about. He seemed, and uh, he, he didn't really seem interested that I was talking about progressive Oh, yeah, African they were looking for diversity and mentors, stuff. too. No, he wasn't. He wasn't really looking for like he didn't. The guy I was talking to, actually, it was a funny story. He's from India. He was like, he was a mentor. I was like, it's it like it's one of those things where they like, break out, talk with each other, talk with each other. And I'm like, 
I go to this guy, I say, oh, you're you know, advisor or mentor, what's going on? I, oh, I do this Progressive African Network. And then as soon as people hear those kind of things, African, blah, yeah, blah, they blah, they, don't, they tune out because yeah. they're, they're, they're looking for a tech startup. They want to see something cool, you know, something sexy that the Uber or whatever. They want to see what they know yeah. from who they know it from. Exactly. And they don't realize that they're being really really prejudiced at yeah. that point in time. I don't know if they don't realize it, I just don't think they care. They don't Some know. people don't care, but I think a lot of people don't realize that they, they're, I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. It's because you don't know it, bro. I mean, if you're telling me I'm going to come up mm-hmm. and you start a, you start an idea and 300 people sign up in one day and you got 200,000 businesses. That's yeah. crazy. That's wild, it, bro. None of them got 200,000 businesses in any African no, country. I, every single person that I've talked to, as soon as I, they hear those numbers, they see dollar signs. They oh, see yeah. dollar signs. Yeah. You, but the challenge, well, the challenge with the 200,000 members is that these guys, they're all from all different fields, from all different classes, from all different ethnicity. Like They have yeah. different, you know, all different cities. So what happens now is... You need to start gathering data. You need to start gathering information. You need to start gathering, started dividing people up. Yeah, T- those things cost time. Those things cost money. Those things need funding. So that's why I decided for, to enter an accelerator program. Hopefully, I get accepted. I will be filling it out. And maybe messed and, up. They don't accept you. And you use your likeness. <laughs> um, it actually, would be it actually it's kind of problematic for them yeah. because no, they, I mean, they, they, no, they don't, don't they gotta ask you permission? They have stuff to ask your no, permission they, to they, use your likeness. No, if you go to their event and they take photos, you should know. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah then they can, yeah. but they got to disclose. Advertising is a little different because they're yeah. advertising. With but they, but there's a difference that they're promoting. Yeah, if they were advertising as opposed to showing it, and they they. It's a difference for, that they say, hey, these people are at the event, as opposed to take that and use it in a promotion. Mm-hmm. That That is, that's problematic. I don't think they should. Are that. you guys uh, bored out of your mind right now? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be looped back in. Sorry. You guys are fading away. They're like, right my now. father's talking again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> how's how's everything going with you guys? Hanging in there? Well, I'm moving here. You're moving here? See. Si. Permanently? Yes. You just say see? Si? He... Spends a lot of time. He lives essentially in Mexico, man. Come on. He's yeah. from Texas. That's unacceptable. Our billboards are in Spanish. Yeah. Your what? Our billboards are in Spanish. You have Spanish billboards? Yeah. Like See? Wow. I've dated a lot of Latino girls, oh. too. So I think I've, it's I've, called Latina. <laughs> I hope they're not Latino girls. <laughs> I, I said it with the A. I think you just misheard uh, it. We're going to play it back. I think you said Latino. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, I said uh, Latino. Latino. Wow. Um, this is not. Wow. That would be problematic. That would not be, uh, that would not be good. Um, it's a trap. Or anyway, well, that sounds um, interesting. You've dated a lot of them, you say. Yeah. You like the Latino girls, do you? I mean, they don't have much of an option. Really? Well, you do have options, but you just like the... Look, he came up here this summer, and he was walking... The um, My sister slash cousin took him to the uh, fair. What's that fair? Um, you know, not... Um, the Brockton, uh, Brockton. Brockton Fair. Nothing. Yeah. All I'm hearing report is all Dominican little Puerto Rican girls is with He's like, hey, how you doing? Why am I chit-chatting with them? Because that's... <laughs> what you like, bro. That's what he knows. Trying to be a little player, bro. Come on, bro. Don't want to be a player no more. (laughs) Do you like it here? It's cold. I like it here. I mean, it's cold. It was 74 degrees. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. And then I flew here, and it was like 
20 something man like that sucks bro I, I hate boston sometimes oh, um, <laughs> I, I really do like I, I i hate snow like my kids are going skiing and all i don't even like to, i don't want to look at it i don't i don't like nothing about snow ever like i don't like no you, snow you said anything. uh minneapolis had the largest amount of smaller people that's where I, my flight connected and yeah. i saw nothing but white people yeah. nothing but white people yeah. in the airport and mm. i was the only what uh only minority on my flight really the That's only impressive. one i got there i sat down in everybody's eyes where you were going to boston yeah That's good thing you're reason. well behaved because sometimes they kick minorities off of flights when uh, they get scared you know <laughs> just saying it happens no i was at american airlines oh okay. did you did right. you get off the plane and, and go into the airport or no yeah i got off the plane and i went into the airport and um i, I saw a couple Black people, so they're mostly Somalis. There were Somalis. All Somalis. Minnesota has some harsh winters too. Yeah, I don't know how who decided on like, relocating you know, let's to put Minnesota. The people from Africa in Minnesota. Yeah, I think they'll be very comfortable. Yeah, as soon as I get uh, some money. I mean, I like to pretend I'm rich on the show, but I'm not. Um, as soon as I get some money, I'm getting the hell out of Boston. Like this, I'm sick of these winters, man. I'm so sick of these winters. Yeah, I can't take snowbird it. I think we know. say that every year, though. I do. I say this literally every year. That's and, what most uh, people are snowbirds. You like, you go down south and you you take the warm weather and be like, oh, the healthcare down here is terrible. You come back, you spend yeah. the, you spend the summers yeah. here because it's not too hot. Okay. And then you, you have back. like one type of winter. Texas weather is the most vibrant. Like the. I told you it was 74 degrees there. Yeah. Two days before that, it was 22. Mm-hmm. That's here. Yeah. And then the week before that, it was like wait, in where the do you, Wait, where in Texas do you live? Uh, Dallas. Dallas, okay. 22. So that's like northern. It's like that's north, right? Mm-hmm. Northern North Texas. Texas. Uh, Did it snow? Uh, it doesn't snow there. It doesn't snow. It's probably so, too dry, so right? The weather is very back and forth. Are you in Dallas too? Mm-hmm. You like it? It's okay. Where do you want to live? I don't know. I want to go overseas. Okay. Where do you want to live? I mean, besides here, but I'm saying in, in your life, where do you want to go? In the future, um, probably like Northwest. Northwest, Northwest US. Seattle? Like, oh. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, you would, you'd fit in very yeah, well yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in Seattle for uh, 14 grunge. years. Yeah. I can see the grunge. You do very, very well in Seattle. You scrub the grunge out. Grunge. Yeah. Uh, there's not... Um, what will I say about Seattle? Uh, the... Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> let me see. What would be useful? I'll just say, you'll have a lot of fun. There's a lot of music scene there. That was not an appropriate sentence, but you know what I'm saying. There's a, a huge music scene there. Like There's like poetry bars and stuff like that, and like super hippies and stuff like that. You'll, you'll like it. You go, do you ever go hiking and stuff like that? Whitewater rafting, that kind of stuff? Camping? Yeah, we've been canoeing a couple of times. Is that your thing? Do you enjoy it, though? Yeah, I enjoy it. You would love Seattle. <laughs> you would love Seattle. They like camping. Get yourself some of those, um, you know, those shoes that have the toes in them. Fit in right there. Just yeah. the other day, I was yeah. talking about that to help him. Yeah, it's like, hey, you can get some of those, bro. You'd be right at home. It does rain a lot, but um, it's it, not necessarily rain. You know, a lot. Boston rains more than Seattle. Yeah, it's not. It's not full on rain. It's just gray a lot. So, uh, let's say from the winter. So, like, let's say uh, December until like about April. Solid gray, no sun, like zero sun, no sun. That sounds depressing. It yeah. will make you depressed. You got to get through. I'm, I'm, I'm actually dead serious right now. You have to get through that. Uh, no. it, it makes you depressed. It really does. Um, but after that, we have like excellent sun, best summers. So literally, any country, I've, any uh, any city I've been in. Seattle, Washington. Excellent summers, bro. Not this. too hot. Sun's always out. Doesn't rain too much. It's really nice. Because. Mm, 
all the rain happened from like yeah, it gets him. all the rain in the winter in the winter and stuff like that. Mm. And then you got to see the mountains and all that. Oh, There's it's snow. Beautiful. Is there snow? It's like it's like punk snow, bro. Like yeah. it, it'll like snow and it's gone and like you know, yeah. not the a next day. Yeah, that kind of thing. The, and like it, people are like flying off of bridges and stuff. They can't handle it. Oh, that happens in Texas. All yeah, the time. like they don't know. There's, what a, to do. there's like, an ice storm every March or April, and yeah. people are just crashing. I'm like, just don't go outside chill, today, bro. Just chill. Yeah, yeah. You can't follow someone on their bumper in ice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what's the, uh, so let's start to wrap this up because we're getting a little further in. You get the, the, so what's the, the future in. for, well, two questions. Firstly, eventually, Shaman and I, this is headed this way. We're going to do an African tour at some point. If we go to Somalia, will we get kidnapped, tortured, or killed? No. Okay. <laughs> no like, kidnapped. Uh, short answer. I'm just saying. Tour? Short answer, no. Okay. Watch the long, I mean... So it's safe to go there. It's safe to go there, but I will tell you to uh, just like you you could go to any other country, Mm. you know, just make sure you are very cautious, um, uh, especially if you're going in the south. The south, I would, I haven't visited south. I was born in Mogadishu. I haven't visited myself really uh, since you've never been back. I've never been back. Wow. Uh, I hope to be back. And there's actually people in this city. Uh, who are friend of my friends of mine or acquaintances mm. who've actually been back to Mogadishu, but yeah. the reality is that it's very unstable yeah. and it's very much uh, government and rebel uh, extremist forces are kind of battle, battling it, it out for each other. So they're still battling to it's, this day. To this day, mm. and I and I feel like for me, like the government and 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 the extremism forces and all these other things, yeah. um, they are really there's somebody benefiting. You know, from the chaos. So that's who's how, supplying that's how the arms? Yeah, that's how I feel. I bet you it's some white guy somewhere. It's, 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 <laughs> There's it always be, a white it guy. It could be white. It could be you know Asian. It could be Arabic. It yep. could be you know uh, African. That. You know. Yep, yep, yep. So it could be anyone. But stay away from uh, the south until further notice. That's so if we go saying. there, we got to go in the north. The north. Go yeah. to Somaliland. Go to Puntland. Somali. The term, the name Somal actually uh, means hospitable. If you really transliterate it. Uh, translated into um, the meaning Somal uh, means to go fetch. Thanks, guys. Good job. Um, <laughs> how? Um, so I mean, it means hospitable. So the people are very welcoming. So I wasn't when I was in uh, Somaliland mm-hmm. last uh, the end of 2017. Yeah. Uh, I saw a guy from uh, Denmark, a Danish guy. Uh, just and I saw uh, this one, you know, uh, uh, white lady just. Uh, Walking in the street, you know, really so, by herself, by herself, by herself. Man, it's like know? Roxbury, and I'm like, what? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> We're in Delhi wow. Square. That's what I know. You ever see him jogging? That's like in the four corners. Yeah, I was like, what is going, what is going on, on it, bro? It is. It, it was. It was shocking for me, but it's probably normal for the people who live there, you know, yeah. because Somaliland and 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 Puntland also they want to pride themselves on on being a democratic state, and yeah. they want to pride themselves on being uh, open and and inviting to everyone. So, the the name Somal actually means hospitable. So they people will welcome you into their homes. And um, and when I first went back, I saw that you know there was very you know uh, I don't I don't like to use the term poor because mm-hmm. people are happy. Yeah. You know I don't like to use the term poor. Uh, they are in poverty. But uh, I was coming from the Galkayo, the 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 capital of of, of Puntland at the time. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't the capital. The the airport yeah. uh, uh, that Puntland used. I got off there to go north mm-hmm. to visit my grandmother uh, for the first time. I haven't seen her ever, uh, and 
right in between oh, during man. Ramadan, yeah. we had to stop to break our fast. I've, it's an Islamic country. It's a hundred percent Islamic about country. That. Yeah, you're right. Hundred percent Islamic country. Hundred percent yeah. uh, North and Sunni. Hundred percent yeah. uh, Shafi'i. We shouldn't uh, be fighting like that, man. We gotta stop that. All Shafi'i. Wow, we shouldn't yeah. be fighting like that. So yeah. it's all. Every fight, it's all about resources. Every fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you look at it in, in terms. So when we stopped to break our fast, there was yeah. just uh, everyone's like bringing something so that they can get. The reward, the edger, you know, so they yeah. they helped you break. Helped you break your yeah, yeah, exactly. So they, the so this family just and I have a picture of it, like me by the side of the road in the little station wagon Toyota taxi that we took mm. to go up north. Um, they they welcomed us into their you know home and by the wow. side of the road and then they said hey you guys break your fast they gave some tea some dates and and some uh, that's crazy so these so these are strangers strangers they said come and break your fast in our house strangers. Man, alhamdulillah. So, I mean, wow. it's, it's that welcoming. Yeah. Um, where we went wrong, there's so many other things mm. that, that factors that come up into it. Um, and I feel like that a lot of people do not understand each country. So everyone looks at stereotypes and say, these guys are all 100% Somali. They all speak the same language. They're all Muslim. They're all... You know this why cannot can they cannot get together mm. so there's so many different factors like just resources and yeah. um uh, politicians and old uh, uh generational gap and all these other things mm -hmm. yeah so colonization played part into it um putting it, people together in, in into a country and, and telling them that oh here become a state you know they've never been a state you know they've had their regions they've had their states i mean they've had their uh uh, uh separate states uh they've had their uh, re uh areas mm -hmm. and clan and all these other things always existed they said become a state and then all right we're gonna create a border to cut you off from your brothers and sisters and and they're gonna live in ethiopia now and we're gonna cut you off and you're gonna live in kenya now mm. so it's a very long story and it's a colonial uh story as well um and every other every story African we country. keep hearing on this program of course, yeah of course uh, uh, but i want to say one one last thing about Somalia um, is that, this, and, I, and I've said it earlier before we started recording, it's like Somali people are very, very resilient people, very resilient. Mm. As you can see that we have a large population in, in Minneapolis, you know, cold, very cold state uh, city and uh, uh, Minnesota, very cold state. They got to the point where they have the largest po population in North America uh, inside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, I should say, other cities in the Minneapolis and they elected the first Somali congresswoman Ilhan Omar uh, yeah they did I love that woman year. platonically mm -hmm. that, you know so <laughs> no but I, I, what she's doing over on the prior, stage, and prior yeah. to that prior yeah. to that they elected the first Muslim congressman Keith Ellison Right. Oh, you're right. I forgot yeah, about Keith his, Ellison yeah yeah they yeah. did and uh, the only other Muslim uh, well there's two others but the they got Andre Carlson I think he's yeah. saying and then the, the the other sister of the one that Rashida just recently Tlaib. Rashida Talib, yeah. Rashida Talib yeah, yeah. in, in Detroit, which is a very Arabic uh, uh, dominated areas. I'm yeah. so so grateful that the Somali community put Ilhan Omar on the stage because she 
tells the truth. Of course. And she does not beat around the bush. And that's and that's who we are. And, and I really are. Yeah. I, I appreciate she, she that so much. She need a PR person though. No, Every, she doesn't, man. She yeah. just needs to keep telling the truth because she's represented by her people. Her people will keep her in office, right? No, her people are gonna keep her in office. Okay, I'm yeah. saying, yeah. can they kick her out of Congress or something? What they can do is they can strip off. Uh, they will pull it off her committees, committees and you don't yeah. want that because then she doesn't be able to bring the pro the programs. She needs to be. She could be hard. Yeah. But what's happening is they get little sound bites of her in the wrong time, and they don't. That's Listen, something that the office needs to make sure that doesn't happen. She speaks truth. She speaks the truth. No, and I, I, I love like that. it when you speak There's, the who, truth. Who else is out here telling exactly like the whole controversy about the uh, the thing she said about the APAC paying off politicians? Facts. There's no lie there. It's facts. Where's the lie at, bro? There's no, no lie. Not a lie and everyone's acting like she's being. But because they pack is she's a lobby. She's just telling. It, I'm just. I know. But I'm saying our, our the rest of our politicians should be a, completely ashamed of themselves yeah, yeah. for trying to act like she's trying to be anti-Jewish, which she's not. She's just saying a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Apoc's not the only one. Yeah. And I, I really like. I hate how American politics See, you know, is. So what? What got her? What I'm gonna go move there and vote for her. No. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I no, really I'm, appreciate that. I'm down that. there with her. But what I'm saying is, like, so there's this one where she's walking down the hallway. She's clearly on the way to do something else, mm-hmm. right? And she gets ambushed by the media, mm-hmm. which yeah. they will do. Your staff can't allow that to happen. Your staff cannot allow that to happen. What do you mean she got ambushed? What happened? Well, it comes in and they ask you questions, yeah. right? She's on the way to do, she could be dealing with something with a constituent. She could be doing for a vote. Your staff has to come in there and said, hey, da, 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 you know, to talk with the producers and get you out so you don't look short because they're going to use that against her. And that's really what they've been using against her is the newness of her to Congress and the yeah. newness of that's her staff. That's not what they're using against her. They're using her hijab and her blackness against her. Okay, but that, that's going to that's be all big. it is. That's, I guarantee you if a white guy said uh, the whole thing about APAC, they wouldn't be going as hard. And it's a hundred percent truth, and there have been other con- uh, congressmen who have mentioned that. Yeah, you know, and they're acting like she's being some kind of terrorist or something. In no, the, beca- it's it, like, but yeah, when it's, I'm just saying that the office got to make sure that she, she can go over there because this is distracting. This is not yeah. the topic she wants to be talking about. Yeah. she's actually being analytical and being critical, so yeah. she could then instead of they talking about, oh, she seems mean. She talks so she hard. Seems mean. That that's really the commentary. Was, she seems people mean. are dumb. She that's talks all it is. hard. American. Why does she so man. aggressive? Yeah. It, not that's because, things not. they say about black people. Yes. As soon as and a black what, person is standing up for themselves, oh, they're being they mean say and about aggressive. women. You know the problem. The problem is um, she goes against um, what the two sides, the left and and, and the right. Are trying to spoon feed the American media uh, through the American media public. Yeah. She goes against that grain, so they don't. She's they, they, uh, some Democrats are saying like, oh no, no relax, relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. The problem is like, whoa, 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 buddy, get out, of, get out of town with that comment. That is anti-Semitic. She never said Even anything against. Even though the Republicans are anti-Semitic. Yeah. yeah, the Republicans. Well, sorry, not no, the Republicans. No, no, no. The conservatives are anti-Jew, yeah. anti-Hebrew. They'll never say that. But they're pro-Zionist. <laughs> They'll never say that. They're yes, pro-Zionist. they're pro-Zionist. Yeah. They're pro-Zionist. They're pro-Zionist. That's not, not the same thing. I mean, that's not the same thing. The, the, the Jews that were murdered in America were not murdered by progressives. Exactly. Ten, you know, they were murdered and I, by and conservatives. I, and I don't like, I don't like talking about politics. Um, but it was relatively because we try it impacted not to, people. It happens. It comes up. Yeah. Um, we we try to talk about the things that impact our communities, you know, and and so you can be real about it. Mm-hmm. I, I like her, and I like the, a lot of the new freshmen because they're they're shaking it up because. A lot of people have been too scared to open up their mouth, but you just got to make sure you don't get used against because then they'll cut off her money. 
and that's how they'll start. Who can job. cut off her money? So what they'll do is then it, it, they do this all the time. You mean you her know? paycheck money, or what are you saying? No, when you no, cut no. Off they'll her cut money? off her campaign money. Yeah, and then yeah, they'll, yeah. They then they'll call the Democratic they'll, Party. They'll, yeah, it, yeah, or they'll diminish it. Yeah. or the outside money, and then what happens? You get flooded by ambush attacks from the from the right because they're going to come after her because she's you know. It's not going to be hard to raise money. Bullshit, bro. They'd be like, Sharia law and all these guys who aren't never seen the Muslim before are going to be sending their money. And it's really a hustle to get money for these guys to steal money by the really, books. I, I really want Americans to start thinking for themselves because they're, they're just led we, by they, emotional uh, BS all we, the time. We got to educate them. We got to construct a narrative and yeah. talk to them because they're not going to think for themselves because they've been, they've been told one set of story. And unless you've interacted with Muslims globally or you have a, you understand theology or you've been around the world, mm-hmm. someone tells you that um, they're going to interact Sharia law and, and you don't know what the hell that is. They were like, oh my goodness, they're coming from my house. Like, no, look, there was a but people... But why can't people think, though? This is, this is the thing that drives me crazy. Look, just not to click on the South. Because they've been the spoon-fed for many decades. Years. You know, look, here's a prime example. In Saugus, ex- which is in Massachusetts, yeah. you know, or one of the towns over there, yeah. There are Trump town here in Massachusetts. Yeah. They voted against Airbnb because Airbnb they thought Airbnb was going to come and rent out their own homes. Not that you have to elect. But why can't sign people and, use their brains? So here's the thing. Because I don't think their neighbors were able to tell that person that. Let me share. Stupid. Let me share something with you, Shaman. Uh, you know, you're familiar with our Instagram, right? It's been popping a little bit. We've been getting some famous followers. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, I think I shared it with you. Um, we've been getting. So when I first started posting on Instagram, Zero likes, one like, two likes, three likes, one like, two like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to a point where we're getting a hundred something likes for every post, right? Mm-hmm. So I posted this thing about Ilhan Omar. It was um, it was a, a New York Post article where she's talking about how Obama got away with murder. She's talking about yeah. the different wars yeah. that that yeah. he was in that people don't talk about. Now, every like around that is like 120, 130. I'm posting about cars and stupid little videos, stuff to keep it funny and light. That post got like nine likes. And it's like, it just shows you like you guys don't, she didn't say anything except what is actually factually true. And people just can't handle it. Oh, we're not supposed to talk like that about Obama. I like Obama too. Yeah, and, com- all, and compared to everyone else, but he still did a lot of the crazy stuff that uh, Bush did before him and Trump's doing now. We just nobody talked about it because he's more likable. But the thing, the thing is, and I see Shimon's point of view also, and I don't, I don't want, I don't I'm like talking about bro. politics, is that she is in a position of of a power and of an influence, and when she talks about the guy. Who was the first, you know, African American, yeah. you know, to I get be it. ever elected, and how poised and how respectful he was, uh, and how you know, of uh, inspiration he was for no young, scandals, you know, young black man, you know, amazing family, yeah. amazing wife and children. So that's that's what they uh, the most ever that's economic what they growth in American yeah. history. Yeah, and so much. Or, or the second, I think, I probably, t- and, probably. Uh, and single-handedly try to give everyone in the United States, you know, a um, universal, affordable health care. So no, that, that's not what he get. He tried to do. That's that's. What it he, was a that, step in that, the right that, direction. Yeah, I that's see what, what you're it saying. was going, Go ahead, yeah. but you know, there was a lot of you know. Yeah. They, they had a lot of conservative Democrats in there yeah. who did not want to. There was vote a lot of additions to it. It's yeah, about, yeah, it's I get Attractions it, yeah. to it when it went to the Congress and the Senate. Yeah. So, anyways, long story short, that's what people saw. They were they were that she was attacking their boy Obama. Yeah. But what she was attacking was his policies. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know. 
you know, drone attacking an American citizen for the first time, you know, you know, uh, even though he was a, a, yeah. a terrorist, uh, without, you know, uh, due process, uh, what he did with Libya, you know, that affects me. You yeah. know, if you really think about it, and then you guys heard about that, uh, the Libyan, you know, the slavery and all this thing going on in Libya, yeah. which was crazy, crazy, crazy. But it's actually happening. It's yeah. actually happening. West African, Currently, yeah. you know, other Africans are fleeing to Libya so that they can live a better life in Europe, but then they get stuck in Libya wow. because of uh, what they call human traffickers yeah, slave trade, are yeah. holding them for ransom. If Man. they don't have money or they don't have their families back home don't have money, then they're going to be working as uh, uh, for... Uh, they're getting sold in into the market. Yeah, that's horrible. You know, where other yeah. parts does that do? Modern day slavery. The, the, the I've South, actually freed. The American Southwest does a, to the same thing to Central Americans and South Americans fleeing. Oh, Arizona. Yeah. Ari there's a lot because uh, depending who you're being trafficked. So mm -hmm. the migration when people are migrating and they're losing their families and they're unstable, yeah. mm -hmm. they're preyed upon yeah, across absolutely. the world. Coyotes. This, this three million. Man. I think the. Uh, You're the talking about traffickers, not yeah. the animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah one one point two million to three million hu human beings in slavery in the United States that's in some crazy. capacity. Most of them are women that's in crazy. sex slavery. Damn, son. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. We go around the world, it's like that, and it's usually and it's tied around about economic exploitation, yep. political instability, yep. and then you get this predation. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-off, and not to mention our own uh, judicial system, where they, you know, where they funnel them into the prison system for. So the, that's when they go from being slaved or cheap or in the criminality into free ten labor. to seven, fifteen years of cheap labor because exactly. you've got a felony on you. Sometimes free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to be free labor in jail or yeah. very little, yeah. and then they're going to be cheap labor for years because now you can't get a job unless you start your own business and you got to know how to do that. So you can come out, you're a smart person, you over there not flipping burgers. Flipping burgers might be a good job. You're doing either dangerous jobs or yeah. jobs where you're going to be underpaid. Mm -hmm. And you should be getting paid $50 an hour and you're making 10 You know what I mean? The slavery, Damn, this slavery, modern day slavery, it's appalling when people hear that. It's happening, like you said, in the United States. It's happening in Eastern Asia. It's happening in, in Africa. It's happening... All over the world. East Europe Eastern, is like Eastern, crazy. Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe. Yeah, absolutely. So now the instability that Obama created in Libya, uh, him and Hillary Clinton and his administration, he's he's got to answer for that. You know, and that's what she's talking about. I know, exactly. And nobody wants to. About. Everyone wants you know, to pretend like he was a I perfect have two president. Of my cousins yeah. who are in, in detention camps right now wow. as we speak in Libya. You know, are you serious? Yes. Wow. Yes. So. Wow, how old are they? But for them, it, they're lucky because they we, they have family members like us that can send money to take them out of from their ransom. You wow. know, but sometimes you know, and I've and I've and, and my family and I, I haven't actually contributed. I felt bad for uh, uh, one of my cousins previously was uh, 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 what do you call uh, went through uh, went through that and, and my family uh, ransomed him out and he was able to leave and go to Italy. How much did it cost? You know? Um, I think it was in the range of like maybe around twenty thousand dollars. Good. Damn, son! Yeah, wow. Twenty thousand. It could have been, it could have been more, but I think it was. I mean, because when you yeah. think about it, we convert it over into their currency. That's yeah. still a and lot. That's a lot of money here. I mean, yeah. Damn, son. And that's right after Gaddafi fell. You know. Yeah. And the ambassador, the U.S. being wow. ambassador, getting killed, guaranteed Libya was screwed. The same thing happened to Somalia. 
You know, yeah. when the Black Hawk Down went out and then they pulled out the troops. Yeah. Somalia became what it became. Because, right. We, you know? Because the. Oh. I, I think I mentioned this before. I was living in Houston and I had a lot of Libyans at my mosque. Mm-hmm. And the bro. You, you weren't able to go. These guys were getting on the flights to Houston, out of Houston and going over to Libya and fighting. Mm-hmm. U.S. was saying nothing. Yeah. As that ambassador got killed, you, almost all of them came home because they realized everything was going to go bad. The U.S. Wow. Re- removed its support. It, um, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of speculation and conspiracy theories. I'm just talking about... If he was alive, Libya from the U.S. support would have been in a better situation. Mm-hmm. But well, it, I mean, they they took him out though. Yeah, we somebody are, took, we've already had those conversations. About somebody it. took him out to make sure Libya was on unstable because that you don't get to there's U.S. Reasons, ambassador there's that reasons easily. Why they well, took him yeah, out. we we've had this conversation before with uh, when Yusuf and them were here because he wanted to make a gold backed currency, which doesn't really exist that much anymore today. And that would have been no, a, no, that was talking about Qaddafi. Strong, I wasn't talking about Qaddafi. This is Libya. I'm talking about the U.S. ambassador. Uh-huh. After Qaddafi's don't when, when they were fighting Stevens, Stevens. Oh, yeah. when the U.S. ambassador, that's when the U.S. shifted, because the U.S. had a plan to go rebuild Libya, right? Did they though? They, they would have made money. The U.S. is going to make money on either side. Of what this. do they have there? What's their natural resources? Libya has <laughs> a ton of natural. That's gas. how you know where uh, where America's going. Uh, Libya has a ton of natural gas. It's not funny, they have a lot yeah. of. They're one of the largest oil producers in the world. Okay, so. Um, just find water in the they desert. Have, they have water, wow. and they and they're also um, on the natural you know, trade routes between uh, Europe, and they have and they have tourism. I mean, they were in a unstable. Why country. haven't they gone and taken over? Because I feel like there's so much because natural it's resources fractured. You, you, country when they collapse, it's a lot of work. It's a lot, well. it's a lot of work, especially when you're involved in already in Afghanistan yeah, and Iraq. Else, it's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot yeah, of work. and the, the country doesn't have the will for it. Yeah, and the European and the Europeans. They don't have to worry about Gaddafi now. They want to save their uh, wars for uh, more important places. All right. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's bring this back home. Um, so, uh, Mr. Siraji, what do you see as the future for the Progressive African Network? So, um, so currently, right now, Progressive African Network, we're going to be transitioning um, into a, a for-profit startup, technology startup, um, working with uh, a. Uh, Partners in South Africa to establish a um, an org that the company over there. So what we're doing is we're building a. Have you heard of the you've heard of the Green Book? The Green Book. Mm, no. You mean the, the, a, the, the safe new, zone the, when yeah. you traveled in America yeah, when you wouldn't new, get killed? Yeah. The, so the Green so Book. So the, the Green Book was basically a a book that was based on uh, black owned businesses and establishments um, that that you can go when you go down south. So it's it's sort of like a uh, our own little green book uh, based on black entrepreneurs. Because believe it or not, uh, black entrepreneurs uh, are having a lot of issues in South Africa because of even post apartheid. Mm. Because there's a lot of when uh, I don't and I, I don't want to speak on it. You know, I'm not I'm not from South Africa, and you know, I'm not you know fully versed in South African uh, uh, politics and, and and whatnot, but. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of white South Africans. There's a lot of Indian South Africans, and the majority of the population is black. Mm. So a lot of them they they're pushing right now towards entrepreneurship. So there's the media is pushing towards entrepreneurship, and they have this thing called uh, the BE Black Economic Empowerment that was uh, drafted into their uh, 
their country's uh, I think constitution. Mm-hmm. So it, there's some resources out there, but the issue now, and they're very well educated. They're very well. Uh, uh, they they've graduated college. A lot of them. The un- unemployment rate is very high uh, for a country with that infrastructure and with that employment, uh, with that education uh, a level, a level, and with those expertise, almost up to fifty percent. Mm. So I hear a lot of, uh, and this is all from from the data from that we get from uh, the South African group. A lot of people they want to promote themselves, they want exposure, they want to get access to the global uh, customers and global uh, market. So for us, there's a lot of groups that do exist in inside of Africa mm-hmm. that do those things for them. But what we want to do is we want to bring that element of connecting them to customers cross borders and customers globally. So that's what we that's what I'm going to be working on and focusing on uh, coming in for 2019. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. And uh, you said it'll. You, I know you're not going to reveal the name yet. Yeah. But you're going to be changing the name to something a little more easy to remember. Yeah, so they will. Uh, they will not be. Prog- I mean, we will still keep the Progressive African Network, and just yeah. so that we can still sure. do a little partnership and sure. affiliations uh, uh, with local organizations here in Boston. Yeah. Uh, but as far as uh, doing a uh, nonprofit organization in in, in Africa, for yeah. me, I feel I feel like that when you do nonprofits, it's kind of a detriment to the population of Africa. Mm. Um, as, as I told you before, I grew up in a refugee camp in Kenya, the largest one, and they've had NGOs, they call them non-governmental organizations, which we call them nonprofits here, who've been operating uh, for you know over 20 plus years inside of you know uh, that camp and so uh, and all over Africa. Mm-hmm. Non- NGOs have become a business. They have become a business. They are businesses. So if you lose, if you help somebody out and you get them out of uh, this refugee camp, you're what are you losing? Yeah, you're losing a customer. Hmm. So what is wow. this? What is the incentive for you to to go above and beyond your working hours? You know, not after nine, after five p.m., office is closed, buddy. You're gonna have to wait till tomorrow. You know, so and then they also have there's a lot of I'm not I'm not generalizing all of them, but there's a lot of people who who do these things and they get all these invoices and just so that they can, you know, get grants and funding for for the next year. Wow. So and some of them get a lot of money. Um, but Unfortunately, uh, there's other forces, of course. I don't want to blame them only government and natural nat- na- uh, uh, citizenship issues and all that. But if you're not helping people repatriate people mm-hmm. back to their country yeah. or integrate them into their country, you're basically you know keeping this limbo going so that you can feed your family you know while they starve and continue. Uh, yeah. There's people who were born there, went to college over there, and still are uh, are over there. You know? In the refugee camp. In the refugee camp, they were able to go to colleges in in Toronto. There's organizations that do that, so there's great organizations, mm-hmm. but the majority of them are uh, uh, detrimental to Africa. So that's why for me, I I wanted to go into the technology startup. And when I closed my last technology startup company, Mm -hmm. I wanted to to do something differently. I was like, you know what, why don't I do something that helps out Africa? So let me marry what I'm doing with Pan Mm -hmm. with my technology startup expertise and and uh, in the industry that I am in mm-hmm. but the challenges that you face there is the same challenges every black entrepreneur face is the lack of uh, of, of, of getting access to funding 
the lack of being taken serious, the lack of, of people not caring about Africa or being indifferent, and the lack and the ignorance that comes around it. Yeah. So for me, I'm very passionate. And even if it takes me 5, 10, 15 years to do accomplish what I'm accomplishing, mm -hmm. I'll still be here then, just like I am here now. That's amazing. I can't wait for you to come on and uh, talk about how that new solution is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I know you've addressed a lot of key questions about trust and transactions and um, things that to help um, African businesses in African diaspora. We're looking forward to... Um, we heard a, a really good um, speech from the U.S. the African Union ambassador today. Yeah, what was her name? I'm going to mispronounce it. So, yeah. Dr. Arikana. Uh, yes. Dr. Arikana. She's in yeah. Tennessee or something like that. I she believe. was. She went to college. She was in a doctor in Tennessee, yeah. and she is. She was speaking here in Boston, and I believe she's in between D.C. and the Caribbean and so forth. I really would like to, but she was. She was, on it, she was on she it. She was on it. She was, she went yeah. into the history. She took she took ownership, but then she was a challenging of that these artificial countries that were created that <laughs> really designed to force instability in Africa. She's it, so intelligent. Yeah, yeah. That those countries, you know, why are we being beholden to them? Let's mm -hmm. make every Africa, the African diaspora, be you a descendant of chattel slavery, mm -hmm. be you from colonization and moved out, or were you from the brain drain when you were trying to go to to make a living? Mm -hmm. We're all being impacted on the same on the same thing. Mm -hmm. European military aggression, mm -hmm. you know, from, started in the late 1400s that's been winding down now. It's completely impacted the entire continent of Africa, and we're all over Everybody, the place. Yeah. We need to get together. We Absolutely. need to do business with Absolutely. each other, and we need to stop seeking legitimacy. I'm not saying not doing business. I'm not saying not be respectful by European and Americans and the, and the like. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference where you get legitimacy from an approval from them. Yeah, because you're never going to be equal. I've never met anyone in power that just goes like, "Oh, let me make you my equal." You got to fight for it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not absolutely. saying you got to fight against them, but they got to know that you to be respected, you got to be sought. You got to seek it, mm -hmm. earn it, and then hold them accountable. And be like, yo, I'm going to take no shorts. What, what's that uh, That old saying? Power seeds nothing without something, without a demand or something like that? Power, uh, power never, uh, power, yeah, power seeds. Power seeds nothing without some. Is it demand? It might be a demand. It's a long story short. You guys get my gist. Yeah. It's one of those. You're not going to give up power without yeah. a fight. Nobody's going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to, uh, you basically got to man up. That's the whole point of this whole but podcast. But not necessarily, but like the. Um, it's not necessarily a fight in yeah. that extent with so weapons the, and all that kind of stuff. But A couple of uh, common um, generals over in the Marine Corps a, few, a number of years ago said the U.S. exercises every level of power, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You have cultural power so think of coca-cola coca-cola is soda and I mean like sugar and water and caramel right but you can go anywhere in the world yep. you're gonna want a coca-cola of course of it's course, americana course. in a bottle right yeah, exactly you got economic power we all know that one you got religious power yeah. you got physical power like military might so forth you got monetary which kind is economic power but one is commerce but you also have these other aspects um, how you the the way we can when you create an institution institutional power. Mm. So you, if we get together, we make the rules to the how we're gonna have this podcast. We got four mics. The way it's set up, mm. anybody that comes in here, 
we know that we're going to sit right here and our guests sit right over here. Yeah. We've actually removed that power from the guests. No, we're not on purpose, mm. but the guest is not going to come in and sit over there. It's not. It's all set up here. Yeah, we set the narrative. We set the narrative, yeah. set the table, and you're going to play in this field. Yeah. That's what's happening exactly. in European context. Yeah. Now we got to say, okay, we're going to play on your field because that's what exists right now, but we got to create our own. Absolutely. That's it's equal and we got to play ball on both we sides. We have to because otherwise we're just going to be in the... That, that was the whole point of this podcast to change the narrative or Absolutely. maybe start to control our own narrative within the context of the current existing uh, climate that we're in. Like we can't just come up here and just change the way the internet works. You know, we still have to work on with within the boundaries of what we have, but that doesn't mean we can't set our own narrative. You yeah. Know? Actually, um, I want to actually commend you guys for uh, oh, doing, thanks, thanks. doing this podcast because I feel like some of uh, I feel like media has so much power. The media, when when you are um, when you when you want to put out a press release, you know, I can come to over here and say, hey, I'm doing this and this and this. This is what we're missing. I'm actually thinking about opening a, a website to uh, showcase. Uh, uh, African entrepreneurs on uh, sort of like a news kind of release that they can use for their press release. Thought uh, I thought about that idea because let's say I'm an entrepreneur and I, I want to you know showcase my startup yeah. and I say and I send it to like uh, TechCrunch or all these other uh, news business websites, mm -hmm. Business Insider or whoever maybe they're not gonna accept my uh, my article. Mm -hmm. We need something on the media on a website that will say all right. This is this YouTube channel that helps give exposure to um, African startups, black entrepreneurs, yeah. whatever may be the case. This is this website that you can go to. And even if there is an existing uh, uh, people who are doing things out there, because everything's existing out there. Yeah. Just to let you know, whatever idea that you have or whatever thing you're doing, everything's existing. Mm -hmm. But we, what we don't have is that prominence and that you know that larger exposure we don't have that yeah. yeah so that center base and i think that we need to work with each other to 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 make that happen you know let's uplift each other you know let's uplift your podcast and make it the number one business podcast you know and then let's you know let's do it bro let's let's yeah. start it and uh yeah it's, it's all revolutionary but at the same time what ties us down is you know all of these other things that distract us yeah i mean Right now, you got 200,000 South African businesses and entrepreneurs. We would love to interview every single one of them in South Africa. Not every single. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Uh, we could interview not like 200,000 interviews. No, no, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe like could, 10 of them. 10. No, 10, I mean, we have, we have a thousand who signed up on our website. Yeah. So uh, we can reach out to we can reach out to one you know, of them. You know how I know, uh, this is a little side note, you know how I know South Africa is still a racist country? Mm. Have you guys seen the movie Chappie? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen the movie Chappie. No, I have not. Okay, it's about a robot it's a, it's, that becomes independent. It's an excellent sci-fi. It's very reminiscent of. Uh, remember Johnny Five? What was that movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, short Circuit. Yeah. Short Circuit. Yeah, it's Short Circuit. Okay, it's very reminiscent I, 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 of that. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that. Okay, either. so it's old. Yeah, Chappie. Chappie is actually an excellent science fiction movie. It's very good, uh, but. What I noticed is I didn't see a black person, and they're in South. That was in South Africa. Wow! Not a single black person. Wow! They had a Indian dude. They had a, like a Mexican dude or something a like Mexican that. Mexican dude. There was not a black person on the, in the movie. Wow. And South Africa is a primarily black 
uh, country. It's just yeah. amazing how the, how like how do you even shoot? And actually, how do you shoot a movie in Africa the, the and not two, have any black the, people? That's like the, mental. And the two villains were actually rap artists. The oh, two, I know who those are. I saw the, DN Tort or something like that. Somewhere. I don't. I mean, I looked it up when I watched. Yeah, movie. I never heard any of their music, but not. I'm not down in music. Just never heard of it. I was like, okay, so you're in hip hop in Africa, and you have no no black people. That's amazing. Like, not even in the background, son. Like, they were there wasn't like, none. There was no black people in Chappie. That is crazy. Wow. That is just retarded. I don't remember any. We're going to have to watch Chappie tonight. Because they didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's on Netflix. Just look up Chappie. It's like a robot. Least, it's actually a very good movie. It's a really interesting It's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I like sci-fi. You like sci-fi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you like it. You yeah. like it. Sci-fi like, is a uh, common Gattaca. theme on this podcast. Gattaca. I love Gattaca. That's Gattaca. a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, you have any final sh- thoughts? Do you have any final thoughts, Shimon? Yeah, I'm going to have to take the kids to go see Battle Angel. Just oh man, that's a good movie, bro. Yo, that's a good movie. You guys will like it. You like sci- science fiction? Yeah. I corrupted them when they were little. Yeah, I did that to my kids too because my wife is not having it. Uh, but that is an excellent movie. I would give it uh, out of 10, I'd give it like an eight and a half. Oh, wow. It's very good. Really? Very good. It's very good. I mean, the original they anime was, bu- was bad. And they it stuck to the anime very good. They stuck to the anime? They stuck to it very, very good. A little violent. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be violent. It's Battle Angel. Let me see. Is there gore? I try to, like, I don't want them seeing gore, gore. Well, my my kids are older, and even my ten year old has seen that. Oh, life. okay, all right. Um, I still haven't they taken watch, much. They watch worse, like animes that like destroy each other. Yeah, you know? that's true. Well, no, this is live action though. A live action. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was watching. Uh, um, you ever see The Expanse on Netflix? No, on uh, Amazon Prime. No, that's nice. also a very good science fiction uh, series, um, and I thought it was like pretty clean and everything. So my kids watched it with me, and um, it's funny how they like sneak in like butt cheeks and titties. Like, <laughs> no, like I hate that. Like I'm trying to have some family time with my kids. Hey, this is great. Yeah, let's, like, great. Hey, let's, watch, <laughs> let's watch this this wholesome science fiction. It's actually a very good show. And then they sneak in some butt cheeks, and it's like oh. oh, oh. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny weird. how we're like trying to turn off butt cheeks, but someone blowing someone a hole in someone's chest, hey, they'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not healthy. Fun. That's not healthy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you could kill another human being. Kiss him on the cheek, never. <laughs> <Stop for long. laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been another, this has been our 37th episode, uh, seventh of the Doing Business in Africa series. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of people who thought we stopped, we just took a little break. We took a little break. Uh, we little were trying reprieve. to get to get our stuff together. We had to buy this super expensive computer and we, uh, you know, Shabbat and I had to do some things we're not very proud of. Uh, uh, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, the, the computer that we needed to use to edit video is um, uh, was quite pricey and um, we had to get it done. So we did what we had to do to get it done. Uh, it wasn't anything crazy. We're just uh, in the Illuminati now. Um, <laughs> thank you for uh, joining us, uh, Hashim. It was a, a pleasure. Shame. We learned a lot so about um, the Habibi. The Habibi. Yeah. about uh, Somalia. Uh, thank you for joining us, Amari. Did you enjoy it? I did. Were you bored out of your mind? No. Okay. Did you learn something? Okay. Where did Buffy go? He disappeared. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we love you intensely, and thank you for. Um, I'm talking to the audience now. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Feel free to join us on our next one. Uh, Doing business in Africa eight. I don't know who's going to be here yet, uh, but we're going to work it out. Um, shout out to Somali Diddy uh, in Columbus, Ohio. That's my guy. No, that's my guy. Seriously, that's my young guy right there. 
Uh, he's uh, he's doing it big over there, and he's got his own podcast. It's my second city, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, bro. He's uh, I've I've seen his podcast. Uh, if I do say so, my young Muslim brother, mm. uh, please stop cursing so much, mm. brother. Please, mm. you curse a lot, brother. But no, uh, but other than that, he's a good kid. I really like I really like watching his stuff. He's got a like one of his um, one of his little young friends. They got like a YouTube channel where they like do uh, they go up and they interview um, like uh, like people on the street and ask them riddles and stuff. Mm. It's just fun kid stuff, but it's funny. You oh, should check him out. I forgot. I, um. Somali Diddy. I'm in on Afro Beats now. Like I'm a little late to the party. And it's this thing, a group called Afro Mask. Afro Mask? Yeah, it's, it's a man and a woman dancing. They're African, but they wear a white mask. Mm. But there's the, the sister's smooth, man. Like, it's really nice. So, so um, shout out to Afro Mask. Afro Mask, uh, Afro mask there you go. Uh, shout out to Dame Drops. Thanks for following us, brother. Uh, he's our Connecticut brethren. He just followed us on uh, Instagram. Um, I watch his videos ever since uh, that Five Guys Burgers and Fries video where he did it with the bacon and all that. We don't eat bacon. We're Muslims, but uh, that was a very entertaining uh, video, and I've been following you ever since. So we are honored to have you uh, following us. There you go. Thanks for having me. I mean, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna, you know, one of those things where you're gonna regret. Oh, I didn't say this. I didn't Tell say that. We'll have you back. No. You're one of the empower brokers, bro. Sounds good. There you go. Uh, what? One. trying to say something I, I do plan on going to college where do you want to go what do you want to study um probably something with business and marketing because i do want to start my own businesses and i uh, realize i enjoy like learning about sociology and humanities and another point i wanted to make i've learned like i know a lot of just random facts and a lot about like random the parts of the of history yeah. and like i i study like philosophy by myself like most of the time really who do you study um Recently, I was reading, I forgot the name of the book, but it was by... You didn't just make that up, did you? What? You didn't make that up, did you? Does no. it sound smart? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, if, you, uh, if you go in my room, I have like, I printed out a copy of the Communist Manifesto. Can you find it in that room? Yes, Ooh. it is. And the big sister takes you down. She said that your room's messy, bro. Ooh. Oh. It's an it's a, it's a organized mess. Well, anyway, that's, that's very enlightening. Um, I, I think you should definitely go to college, but uh, keep up your hobbies, though. Your hobbies of finding uh, information. I like Don't that. let them put you in random classes. They were like, no, you need to take this, time management. Never let what? them pick your classes for you. I, yeah. I pick my own classes. I only go to class on Monday. I mean, she got a killer schedule. Tuesday and Thursdays right now. Yes. Only go Tuesdays and Thursdays? Mm-hmm. And that does not sound like a full class load. on Tuesday. I have 15 hours right now.
That doesn't sound like you're progressing very much. No, that sounds that? like a killer schedule. That's a good schedule. Because that means she has the full weekend. She only has two days. That means she has five free days. Yes. So oh, but is that a full is that a full class load? Yeah, because she's taking it's all the classes on Tuesday, Thursday. So I have like Okay. Yeah. It just seems like you're not elongating your year or your total to finish. Only doing two days or I don't know. I don't know no. how college works. I don't know things, guys. See, I apologize. So, I, don't know. I don't know yeah. what's going on. I do read philosophy though. Oh, I believe you. I'm just I'm just playing with you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um do you lose the weight, destructive man? mail by Elizabeth Cady Stanton. That's the last thing I read. Destructive mail. That is straight the like feminist doctrine right there. The destructive yes. male? Mm-hmm. What is this? It's the anti-male patriarchy. It's very, very anti Yes, very about toxic masculinity because um I well, get in again, a what was the title again? The destructive male. Um I get in a lot of like online arguments and people call me uneducated. And they'll bring up like um, these types of things against me, so I'll, I went and read it myself. Yeah, that sounds good. But um, yeah, the toxic male. It's it's very very anti male. But I mean, there's some good points, but they go way too far, way too far. I'm I'm all for like women doing whatever they want to do, but like I don't have to be your enemy, bro. I probably shouldn't call women bro, but no. <laughs> Hey bro. Bruh. Hey do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are not gonna that's go. That's not gonna work. That's that's not good. Um Yeah, we uh, were talking about this. I like this how week. you look at me when he says all of that. What do you mean? Like we'll say bro and then he'll look at me like said, Are you bruh. cool with that? Are you cool? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. No, um I think cause the uh, the response was we talked about this before. Eighteen sixty eight. Yeah, see, oh, women's suffrage movement. Women's suffrage movement. What's the name of that place? Something Falls. Okay, here's the thing though. Back then, like dudes were freaking faster back then. In, in America, yes, Niagara yes, Falls. definitely. Um, yeah, British. I mean, around the world, you're pretty much bastards. You know, in there the 1800s. Places, 1800s, some places they were good for like women. universal bastards. <laughs> that no. sounds like a movie. <laughs> That's a American focus. A story about the colonizers. 